to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to another exciting, super fabulous, awesome. Taylor's not here to stop me. He usually stops me when I start adding too many adjectives. Uh, pumps up the episode too much. Um, but we are here with another episode of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni, and as I said, Taylor is not here. He's in Maine eating all kinds of lobster. Um, he's there for a wedding, I believe. Um, and so I'm here with a special co-host. Uh, you may have guessed who it was already, just because I don't have any friends. Um, but I'm here with my dad, John. So hey. welcome him back to the show. Welcome back, Dad. Thank you. It's good to be back. Hey, everyone. How are you? Good. Um, so how are you, how are you doing? Uh, doing well. All of me and my friends. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Mom said she loves you. Oh, well, you know, there's that. But she has to say that. That is true. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got another adjective. If I could, the show's going to be bitchin'. Bitchin'. Hella bitchin'. Um, so what's new with you? It's been um, a while. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. It's it what a, last summer. Is that when you were on? God, it's been that long. I think so. Oh. It was episode 60. I looked into it. We're on 87 now. Jesus, so. really? Yep. Um, um, nothing spectacular. Got a new gig working for space company. Right. Building, yeah. building rockets for Jeff Bezos. Right. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Blue origin. Blue origin. <clears throat> so we're. Building them, launching them. We're going to fly people around. Going to put satellites up in space. Awesome. Get, get to do all that before I die. Right. Which is always good. And yeah, I've fallen in your old man's footsteps, sort of. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. He was a space weenie, so it took me <laughs> 35 years to get there. But Was that your like aspiration? I mean, did you want to get there eventually, or is it just, it just kind of happened? Not so much I wanted to get there. It was just sort of always in the household, mm-hmm. in the blood. Because uh, your, your, your brother did it, too. Well, sorry, yeah, so, even more aerospace, right? Um, and uh, <clears throat> it was a, uh, it was something that brought fantasy for nine out of ten people into reality. At least in our household, it was reality. Mm-hmm. So we'd watch the launches, the Apollo launches, when I was a kid, and kind of raised on the scientific background behind them, not just the ooh and ah part. Mm-hmm. Although the ooh and ah part was pretty cool, right? <laughs> But it was something that uh, midway through my career, I just wrote off as something I just didn't think was going to work out. But yeah, it would have took as a f- insanely rich individual fulfilling his childhood yeah. dreams to uh, <clears throat> to fund it. Yeah, Bezos and uh, and Musk. Yep, both together. They're just just total kids. About their, I mean, they're obviously very professional, very successful in their respective businesses. But now, yeah, pursue, <laughs> but now pursuing space exploration, you know, that's something that I have to imagine was huge when they were kids. And well, now they're, like you said, living out a childhood dream. Well, it's commercial space exploration, and not to detract from the show's intent too much. The the difference between that and what most of the listeners might probably gotten used to is this is not NASA driven. Right. This is something that has very few rules. So guys like Elon and Jeff are writing the rules. Mm-hmm. So we all are get we get to write the rules what commercial space flight is going to be. Yeah, and that's which awesome. Is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the intention is to get there safely, not kill anybody, and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and of course down the road make a whole bunch of money. 
Sure. So yeah, I mean, and let's see. So Musk, he mainly wants to do like commercial stuff, right? And both do. Really? Okay. Both do. I yeah. thought Bezos was more interested in just exploration. No, it's his whole philosophy is your generation and your kids are going to need to live and work in space. And he doesn't care what you do up there. He just plans to get you there and back to earth safe, back, back and forth safely and build the infrastructure to make all that happen. What you do up there, that's entirely up to you. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> Elon, he's, he's largely ego driven, yeah. but, <laughs> but he's, he's putting commercial satellites. He put a first, he put a defense satellite up in space with the reusable rocket. It was awesome. So, yeah, in a way, that's what's what's nice about this. What their success is our success, and vice versa. Right. <clears throat> so there's a f- competition, sure, but it's when, more of a friendly one. Sort of, yeah. For now, at yeah. least until I'm ready to retire, it should probably remain a friendly one. So while I can tell everybody who's listening, it's going to be hard to say, go out and buy a Tesla, <laughs> help fund this. It's a little tough to do, but yeah. you can say, hey, go get your dog food from Amazon. That's a little easier to do. Yeah, but, I mean, you said like like. They're pretty strict about keeping Amazon and Blue Origin separate, right? It, they are entirely separate companies. Yeah. Uh, we had an army of lawyers and accountants to make sure that they have nothing to do with each other. Right. So if, if one goes down, the other doesn't follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Not that Amazon will ever go down. I just don't think so. <laughs> nope. I just don't think that's going to happen. Not unless there's like some apocalypse or, or some kind of coup <laughs> based around Amazon. Yeah. I doubt that's going to happen in my lifetime. So probably not. I have to focus on the next 12 years, <laughs> but no, it's a, it's, it's fun. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. I got reengaged with, uh, with, with a career that, uh, you know, had kind of gotten kind of dull. I've been doing the same thing for over 35 years and it was just kind of yeah. laying there dormant. Knew I had to do it for about another 10 or 12 and before I call it a, <clears throat> call it a game. And, uh, now it's fun to be kind of pumped and engaged all over again. Wish I could have started this twenty years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've we've all noticed. So, oh, all right. <laughs> but other than that, something that makes me uh, anything is, as far as something that's more appealing to the people that are listening, uh, I got nothing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, well, God, with me, I mean, still house hunting. I haven't really talked about that much on the on the show, but. It's uh if you don't have a lot of money to spend, it's not it's not a friendly environment. There's, there's your horror show. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I know Taylor relocated. We talked about that on last episode. I think last episode was <laughs> we talked, said last episode was uh our our last show recorded in that location. Our our Seattle location was moving. <laughs> we have we have Seattle offices and Federal Way offices. <laughs> So you painted a bullshit story over top of a <laughs> shitty apartment on Capitol Hill. Yeah, actually, I mean the apartment wasn't ni- was nice in in a nice building. It's just tiny. Okay, it's like six hundred square feet or something like that, which is about the size of a mo- tiny studio. Right, with a bed yeah. and a kitchen. I mean, it was functional, I guess. I I could never live there. I I don't know. I mean, he's going to be listening to this and be like, what the fuck, man? Are we but, talking shit about my apartment, man? <laughs> but it's like, I don't know how they did it. Like, the one they moved into now is bigger. I haven't seen it, but it sounds like it's about 200 square feet bigger. Um, But, yeah, I don't know how they functioned. Two grown adults and a dog, like a big dog mm-hmm. in that tiny apartment. I just I never understood it. Well, you guys never raised that way. You guys are always in a house. That's true. With a yard. And, uh, and, and you going into 
your apartments as you, when you moved out, that was, that was new territory for you. So you were never, you were never acclimated to that growing up. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, it's, I still think it's not the norm to be enclosed in a tiny apartment or tiny urban dwellings that places like Seattle insist people live in now. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, Taylor may be more adaptable to that. So something yeah, he, small is he, normal for him. He ventured out on his own at a much younger age than mm-hmm. I did. So, uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, he'll be back next episode. He's just gone for the weekend, but it just so happened to be recording day because he's fucking fantastic at scheduling his, well, actually, <laughs> I guess it wasn't his vacation, so I can't blame him, but. Just timing's a bitch. Anyway, um, we've gotten far enough in to where I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon patrons. Those are Max Zaleski, Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, and Kevin Trent. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate every red cent you give us every month. Um, if you want to join the club and get some really cool perks, uh, and you know, I have to say they're cool because they're all we have. Um, but you can get perks for as little as a dollar uh, at great at uh, patreon.com slash graveplatpodcast. Um, we have different levels and different perks for different levels. I don't remember them all. Taylor's way better at this stuff than I am. He, he like he has like a like a spiel for all of our all of our uh, social networking and online presence and stuff. He just has it like down to like a, a recorded more of a car speech. session kind of yeah he's, he's got he's got it down and i have to remember every time i have to do it myself <laughs> anyway but uh yeah perks as low as a dollar grave or god damn patreon.com slash grave plot podcast and uh come join the party guys anyway um so i just want to talk briefly i don't want to make a big thing about this but they're making another sharknado movie <laughs> and like like I said, I didn't want to make this part of horror business because I don't care enough. There are several stories that, that in this round of, of news that I just didn't care enough to actually include in horror business. Um, but yeah, Sharknado. This is going to be number five. Um, it's got its subtitle, which is... Uh, um, oh, shit. What the hell? I forgot what it was. I, I know it's, it's tagline. Oh, uh it's Sharknado 5 Global Swarming. <laughs> Christ. Oh and its tagline is Make America Bait Again. Uh, looks like the usual gang of it. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> that second one, I'll, I'll take that one. Fucking stupid. Uh, the usual gang of assholes, Ian Zeering. And uh, he pronounces it Ian. Did you know that? Not Ian. <laughs> Ian. <laughs> No, it's 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 Ian Zeering, and apparently he's like one of those assholes that gets really upset if you pronounce his name incorrectly, because who would just who who wouldn't think that his name was pronounced Ian, you know I I A N. So I think the last time I did the show with you with you, we pissed off the director. Of oh yeah, that really <laughs> shitty movie we reviewed. So let's see if we can fuck with this guy a little bit. Maybe he'll listen. <laughs> oh, fuck him. And then uh, uh, I mean, I'm I'm gauging all this off just the poster that I saw. There's yeah, Ian's earring, uh, you know, front and center, and then like right behind him is Tara Reed. Oh, Tara Reed, sign yeah. me up. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's important, guys, that we keep making these Sharknado movies so we can keep Tara employed. God, damn. <laughs> you know, you know, bless her soul. We gotta we gotta keep her working. But it looks like she's got a robotic hand now. 
I don't know how that happened, but I think it was the last movie, or maybe it was one before. There was um, a petition, not a petition, but like um, sci-fi. Sci-fi put out something where the viewers were voting on whether or not her character was going to survive something. Like, wow. like they think that there was it was up in the air whether she was going to be dead or not, and they must have voted to keep her alive. And I have to assume that whatever this life-altering thing was, it, it gave her a robotic hand. So. <laughs> Okay, this has just gone off the rails. Yeah, and you know, it's it's got, I think the goal of these movies is to progressively add more and more Z-list stars to the cast. I mean, they've done people in the in the past, like, fucking, um, oh, shit. Like, Mark Cuban played the president. <laughs> Mark Cuban. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... This is the thing that always amazes me on something like that is the real money, real reason they would do something as asinine as this is like for anything else to make money. Yeah. Somebody thinks they can make money. Who would – it begs the question every time. Who would greenlight something like this? Fucking Asylum Pictures and Sci-Fi Channel. Sci-Fi Channel. Is your, there's your common denominator, I think. It's yeah. Like, why else would you capital try, try to capitalize on – Something as lame as this when there couldn't have been more than 5,000 viewers on the last one. Just, this is, I mean, you're going to love this, but this is fucking Trump America, man. Oh, bullshit. (laughs) Fuck you. It's Trump America. This is like the fucking lowest common denominator of people are watching these dumb fucking movies. And they just keep getting made because idiots keep watching them. Um, But yeah, look at this poster. It looks like something out of Star Wars, except stupid. I think that's what they did. Is they just took Star Wars. Yeah, and and this chick up here looks like she has a lightsaber. It does. <laughs> they fucking ripped off Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, well. And then there's <clears throat> Hoff. We'll let Lucas worry about that. <laughs> Hoff is in this, or they just plagiarized his face? Oh, he's in it. He's in it. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> um, but uh, So, <clears throat> yeah, that's... Um, uh, it's a... You know, I've been a businessman virtually my whole career, and you can't help but wonder <laughs> what's motivating someone to realize what is when they made the pitch. What was the promise of return on something like that? Yeah, we can make at least eight thousand dollars on this. <laughs> That's about all it's worth. Well, it's like I, I mean, it's they're so heavily CGI laden, and it's not good CGI. No, it's bad. It's really bad um, CGI. And you know, they pay a, a pittance to make these things. And then they the the return like even if it's a small return even if a thousand people watch it it's like I, I I imagine they're getting their money back at least. Well, here's the thing when they when it, when a major movie like movie like Alien Covenant gets released yeah okay in this day and age here's the revenue from theatrical here's ticket sales here's the revenue from DVD sales. <clears throat> and here's the revenue from promotional. If it's going to be like a Star Wars type movie, all the promotional shit. So here's a, here's the here's the revenue stream that's going to be coming in from producing and releasing this movie. When you do a Sharknado five, there won't be DVD sales. There'll be DVDs purchased to level up tables, and yeah, shit like that. I mean, there's, <laughs> and there's going to be stuff at the you know at the Mexican swap meet down in Los Angeles. You're going to have you know 40, 50 copies of Sharknado five, and that's where you're going to find this shit. No one's going to buy the crap. So there's no DVD sales in the in the, in the sales in, in, in the overall revenue projection. Yeah. So you take that right off the table. <clears throat> so now you're back to just its initial release on TV. So this is a 
bloated uh, sack. This is a bloated <laughs> fucking uterus to carry two hours worth of commercials. Oh, yeah. That's all this fucking thing has been produced for. So if it costs them $100,000 to make, it has to be on the promise that it will deliver something over $100,000 just in TV commercial revenue. Yeah, and you have to think, because Sharknado has become such a spectacle at this point, that they're selling those the, that ad spaces at a premium, like like the Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, obviously not Super Bowl numbers, you know, but like... Because it's the I've world. seen Super Bowls that were about as bad as Sharknado movies. Oh well, sure, yeah. um, but like selling ad space during the original airing of a new Sharknado movie, I, I imagine they're selling that at, selling the ad space at a premium price. Even that, I mean, if I'm if I've got a new, uh, you know, new pocket hose, I need to sell. I'm not going for the Sharknado crowd. I mean, I don't know. What do you put out there? Beer commercials. <laughs> You know, I'd almost, now that you brought this up, I'm almost curious to watch it to see who is stupid enough to advertise during a piece of shit like this. Just don't, don't watch it. Don't support that. It's research. <laughs> research. It's marketing research. Okay. Marketing research for the podcast. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I said I didn't want to. So can you get slammed? This, no, this is free. This is First Amendment. You, can, you can't get slammed by saying, fuck sci-fi. It's a piece of shit. Don't watch it. No. Yeah. I mean, okay. what? You know, if even if they tried to sue us for some reason, uh, it's like, yeah, try to get blood from this stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a knuckle I'm not using. You can have that. <laughs> anyway, okay. Yeah, I didn't want to make this into a thing, but it turned into a thing. So there's a lot of Sharknado news for <laughs> a lot of time committed for a piece of shit. Like yeah. That. So let's move on to some real horror business. All right, starting off with some real-world horror, um, we take ourselves to Chicago on May 30th. Um, there was a girl named Eliza Wozni, 16-year-old girl. Um, she was spotted walking around uh, Walmart at 3 in the morning, um, which, you know, that's weird enough. Why is a 16-year-old girl alone at Walmart at 3 in the morning? You know. I don't know. If there was Walmarts when I was 16, I might have been spotted there at 3 in the morning. Just, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. It just, <laughs> that just seems like irresponsible. It's Chicago. <laughs> Weird things happen in Chicago. Uh, and that's that's not untrue. Um, so she was seen walking around nonchalantly uh, carrying a knife and a machete that she had taken off the shelves. Now, see, a knife and a machete... Indicates very definite chalance. <laughs> well, it's just there's like, nothing nonchalant about that. There were chalance intended. You know, when you're carrying around a knife and a machete, there's a way you do that. There's a way you walk. There's a there's a way you carry yourself when you've got a knife and a machete. You put them in the cart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but she was not doing that. She was uh, walking as if she did not have a knife and a machete. She was brandishing them. Well, it's not like, like she was waving them around or being threatening with them, but she did walk out of the store with them. And not a single employee like said, hey, hold on there, miss. Would you? What? Would you? <laughs> I don't, if it was my job, maybe. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, you've been to Walmart. They got those guys in the in the yellow vests checking receipts and stuff. Of course, maybe not at three in the morning. Yeah, they're older than me. <laughs> like they're going to stop some sixteen year old punk <laughs> with with an air of chalance, <laughs> brandishing a machete and a knife. Um, yeah, she just just casually shoplifted two deadly weapons. <laughs> Um, and, uh, a few minutes later, she, uh, called for an Uber and that's when 34 year old Grant Nelson showed up. Um, and within a couple minutes of him taking her to her destination, she began hacking and stabbing at him from the back seat. Um, and he of course was just bleeding out. Did you kill him? <laughs> huh? Did he die? Well, yeah. I mean, he he managed to pull into uh, a condo, like a like a driveway of a condo building, and made his way into the lobby and started screaming for help. I uh, just saying, "Help me! I'm gonna die!" <laughs> and um, I guess some residents called the police, and the cops showed up. Um, found they found him laying in a pool of his own blood, um, and so he was taken to a nearby hospital where he later died of the deep stab wounds all over his upper body his neck shoulder arm in his chest like she fucked him up no shit um and yeah so like i said he later died um this this girl stole his car and she was found like a few blocks away because she crashed it into a median okay um and the cops were looking around for her. They found her crouched behind an air conditioning unit, like behind like an office building or something, mm-hmm. um, in uh, nothing but her bra and leggings. Right. So she had stripped down at some point. She still had the knife and the machete. Uh, and the cops came after her, said, hey, you, <laughs> put that down. <laughs> and she says, no, I'm not going to put these down. So they tased her. Um you know, street justice, and took her into custody. Um, she's being tried as an adult, as well she should. Yeah. Um, and uh, at least when, at, at the point of this story, um, neither her or her attorney, who's a public defender, so, you know, she's going to have good defense. Oh, yeah, <laughs> get the best. Um, uh, neither of them had made a, any kind of statement. Um, but... I don't know. So the world's a weird place, man. Yeah. So in my mind, first, um, <clears throat> very sad for the driver and for his family. That's yeah. just, um, that's just un- un- unimaginable. 34 years old. Yeah. Secondly, fuck her. Yeah. Um, uh, the most incompetent defense in the world. sounds like it'd be too good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third thought that comes randomly to mind is this is Chicago. There might be some tiny, I don't know, 50, 50 chance there'd be some actual modicum of justice. Uh, doled out. If it was Seattle, that would be her First Amendment rights, and the cops would be basically put on suspension because they tased her. And <laughs> then there'd be a protest. So <clears throat> maybe in Chicago, there's, there's a little more justice uh, that might be do- might be uh, doled out. But um, that's awful. That's an awful story. Yeah, I mean, you know, so so few places do the de- uh, have the death penalty anymore, um, and I don't know, like. Like, you know, you and I were talking yesterday about our, our beliefs and, you know, as far as like being conservative, falling on more of a conservative side or a liberal side. It's like, that's where I fall more 
what you consider conservative. It's like, I fully believe in the death penalty. I believe in justice and a life for a life, you know. <clears throat> and maybe that sounds cold compared to what I believe in other areas of social justice. But, um, yeah, that's you, you take a life, then you, you have no right to your own. That's um, <clears throat> I've got a few, uh, uh, you know, twice and third time related relatives in Chicago. And <clears throat> something like that happens. You basically turn that person over to the family of the deceased and <laughs> let them <laughs> let them manage the justice. And right. It usually works out. It's been working, <laughs> been working out pretty well since about the 20s. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but realistically, the, uh, you know, yeah, conventional wisdom says smoker because there is no redeeming quality left in this person. And... <clears throat> It's going to be legal technicality. Actually, I don't think there's a death penalty in Illinois. Yes, there is. I'm sorry. There still is in Illinois. But even with states where there, where there, where there still is, where there definitely still is, um, it's going to be legal technicality that keeps that from happening. And nobody except Texas and Arkansas excludes anybody any, anymore anyway. I mean, we have a death penalty in Washington, but that asshole in Olympia says, oh, no, I'm going to put a moratorium on it because I personally don't believe in it. It's like, sorry, you're not carrying out the Constitution then. So he's breaking the law by putting a moratorium on it. But the reality is, no matter who was in there, would they really be doing it? Two states uh, in recent history are actually carrying that out. So the question then is, um, without you know getting on a, too much of a political tear here, is, um, <clears throat> is that 16-year-old going to ever be a useful member of society, ever. And only doctors and you know can make that assertion. And then what doctors that aren't politically biased are you gonna find? Mm -hmm. What you need to do is send her to doctors in the, you know, in Florida someplace that have no vested interest in the case. <clears throat> Let them make that assertion. Yeah. And when they come back and say, oh, she fucked up. I mean, there's nothing, no fixing this kid, <laughs> smoker. <laughs> She has no, there's just no more, no more contribution to humankind there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Call the herd, you know, that's the term, call the herd. But if this is someone who, you got these extenuating circumstances, if, you know, her dad was pounding her, you know, for <clears throat> most of her youth or whatever, and she's all fucked up in the head as a result, it's like, eh, even I have to say, are we gaining anything? <clears throat> you know, isolate her, stick her in prison for the rest of her life, whatever, but actually, you know, yeah, executing her, eh, you know. There's so many people nowadays, it's like, um, it's, it's a, uh, drug related like i mean all those people in florida people that are literally eating people it's like all that that flaca have you heard about flaca flaca was a gang gang affiliation in the mexicans down in la when i was a kid oh no it's it's a it's a drug um oh, it's a drug it's uh i want to say it's like kind of like meth related except uh it uh it really fucks you up like, I mean, enough to make you literally go crazy and, you know, eat people. <laughs> um, okay. It's it's crazy, but, I mean, it, it makes you go insane. So, you know, th there's potential maybe she was on Flocka maybe, or, or, in, or meth or, or PCP see, or something. See, I'm even less sympathetic to that. And I know it's not generally the, it's not generally the tone of your show, I don't think, is it? Or is it? Uh, if in, any, in any case, um <clears throat> one thing that most states or one one uh, law or set of statutes most states have is that if you if a murder is committed or if a killing is committed in the commission of another felony, that's capital murder. 
mm-hmm. fully believe in that. She got high, knowing she was getting high, and then kills this guy while she's high. I don't think she gets a trial. <laughs> Fucking hang her. Yeah. Um, you know, you kill someone robbing a liquor store, hang them. Don't even, I mean, the law says they get a trial due process, but mm-hmm. no. If they killed somebody in the commission of another crime, then no mercy whatsoever. Yeah. And that's what this, if, if what you're saying is true, then that's, that's the case here. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, that's why you have due processes to hear what those circumstances are. Unfortunately, um, it's politicized, just like yeah. I mean, how we got that problem now. FBI and NSA, they're politicized. You can't imagine little municipal. Municipal and, you know, local courts have been politicized for generations, mm-hmm. you know. And you had to hope that maybe a change of venue would actually create a fair trial for both sides. But I, I got a feeling those days are, are, are pretty much gone. So she'll get her, her nine years and be sent on her way. Well, and I mean, the Uber she, driver's she's, She has been trying to try it as an adult. That's what I'm saying. She'll get her nine years. And um, yeah, I mean, it's like that guy down in Portland who stabbed those three people on the train. Yeah, like he's he's up for the death penalty, as as far as I've understood it. That's actually a pretty good gig in in Oregon because they'll never execute anybody, <laughs> and um, I don't think any of their prisons are like the you know southern prisons. Yeah, out in Oregon. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's the appeals process, which mm-hmm. takes forever. That's why people sit on death row for a decade or more. You know. Yeah. Um, but, no yeah. defense for that guy, but there's a guy who was deranged. Oh yeah, absolutely deranged. Um, and uh, but again, talk about politicized. You know, if you read enough of the news, the actual mainstream news, it all gets tied back to Trump. Trump's the reason that guy killed those three people. It was just asinine, and that's you know that's unfortunately that's the public perception going into the going into the courtrooms. How do you find a fair jury well, in, that, in Oregon? That wasn't it. Wasn't him? It was him emboldening people like that. I say there's absolutely no correlation between the two. The guy was a fucking psycho, or is a, is a psycho, and it was going to happen anyway. <clears throat> but this is unfortunately what's the the, the, the disease that's that's taking over, has taken over the courts, the media, everything else. It's just, again, it's all just too politicized. So there will be really no more fair trials anymore, especially at the municipal level. Whatever, man. <laughs> Telling you. Anyway. All right, let's move on. All right, so how about that, Kathy Griffin? What kind of cunt is that? <laughs> yeah, because she's so much worse than all those fucking alt-right assholes are burning and hanging effigies of Obama. That's so much worse. Mm, don't remember that. Yeah, funny how your uh, right-wing mind works. Um. Anyway, so both uh, you and I are both uh, fans of Supernatural, mm-hmm. which. Uh, we get made fun of a lot. Affirmative. Because it seems like the show is mostly designed for teenage girls. That's affirmative. Yeah. But we watch it nonetheless. Um, season 12 just recently ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a guy that's been around since the since season five, Mark Shepard playing Crowley. Oh, dude. He just got killed off. And sorry, spoiler alert, guys. Yeah, you fucked it up for all them that are still got on DVR. Thanks, buddy. 
But um, yeah, he was killed at the end of the season. He sacrificed sacrificed himself to seal Lucifer in basically an alternate, not, not a, a dimension, I guess, alternate world. It's alternate world. Yeah. Um, and uh, what, what was the? It was the world where Luce, where it was a world where um, it was the final battle between the angels and. Uh, and, and the demons. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything left of the earth. Okay, yeah, it, it was basically like yeah, hell had kind of taken over the world essentially. They'd gotten basically yeah loose, so to speak. Right. And the angels just stopped being stopped holding back and just yeah all out war. And there was no Sam and Gene Dean Winchester, um, at least that we knew of. There was what? There was no Sam and Dean Winchester in this world. No. Um. Bobby was still alive, mm-hmm. and it sounds like he actually knew their mother, he knew, Mary. Well, he knew John, too. Did he? Yeah. Okay. I guess I forgot like by, like John Connor knew him. I mean, by reputation. You know. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. Crowley sacrifices himself to seal um, Lucifer in this alternate dimension, basically, like, seals up this rip in mm-hmm. in time and space. Um, so, but people that watch Supernatural know that when a character dies, because Castiel died too. Yeah, um, multiple times, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's been gone multiple times. They keep bringing him back. And there's, he, um, Misha Collins, who plays Cass, he actually has more or less said that he's going to be back next season. So, you know, he doesn't stay dead. People on Supernatural do not stay dead. <laughs> um, it's a supernatural kind of thing. Right. <laughs> But uh, teenage girls are very fond of. Right. Um, it's kind of like uh, Daryl on Walking Dead. It's like you, you can't kill Daryl. <laughs> cockroach. <laughs> like a cockroach. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like people, like, if you kill Daryl, all the teenage girls stop watching. Pretty much. And it's, you know, it seems like most of TV nowadays is marketed towards teenage girls Who's because yourself? they're the ones that start these legions of fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Crowley's dead. Um, Supernatural co-executive producer Jim Michaels tweeted to Mark Shepard, um, saying, thanks for everything, Mark. Uh, we never say never. Besides, I know where you live. Uh, now I imagine that would give fans a lot of hope and say, okay, well, Crowley's going to be back because people don't stay dead on Supernatural. But Mark Shepard responded and said, with all due respect, Jim, uh, your comment is inaccurate and misleading to the fans. There are no plans to have me return to Supernatural <clears throat> at any juncture. So it sounded like he, he really wanted to, like, it, it almost sounded like he wanted to make absolutely sure that people knew that he was not going to be back. Like he, like he's done with Supernatural. Um, <clears throat> probably could be. So, and you've done, you've seen enough of this. Um, what, what I see you know, a character killed off like that, and you hear, you know, read in the press uh, that they're, uh, you know, he's saying, no, this is it, I'm done. I just look for him and coming up with a new show. If he's got a new contract doing something else, yeah, pretty fair bad he's not coming back. But if he doesn't show up in anything else, either a, a, a you know, a, a movie, or, and, and it's, it's got to be, you know, kind of at least a B-plus rate movie mm-hmm. <clears throat> or higher, uh, or a TV show, then um, I'd say, uh, yeah, he's probably coming back. But if he does latch on to something else, <clears throat> you know, like the Crowley comedy hour. Yeah. You know, he, he just had a kid, um, like late last year, I think. So, you know, maybe he wants to just 
you know, be done for a while with, you know, just cool as heels and, and be a family I, man. I can see that doing TV is, is, is tough. Yeah. Of, you know, you got, what, six months of 16, 12, 16 hour days. <clears throat> um, and if you're a new father, yeah, I can see that's all very, very tough. But uh, you can make hasty decisions around a firstborn thing. Oh, I can't ever do X again because now I'm, a, now I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> kid doesn't stay a baby forever. Yeah, when your career is calling. Um, the thing is, Shepard. I don't know what he's done in England. I, I really don't know what his resume is, uh, other than uh, the first time I saw him was on an early X Files episode, and he was a creepy little fuck then. And I remember him on an episode of Burn Notice. And aside from yeah, aside from Supernatural, it's the only thing I can think of him being in. Thing is, he was uh, never a good guy. Yeah, he's not going to come back in a, in a in a buddy cop movie, I don't mm-hmm. think, um, <clears throat> or something like that. He'll always be the squ- the squirrely informant, yeah. something like that. But what they did with him because he was a piece of shit in Supernatural, too, yeah, uh, until the last what three four seasons um, when he actually had made that uncomfortable pact with the Winchesters. Mm-hmm. Then it got fun. Then it got interesting because <clears throat> it's like he could he was a good as active as an actor goes. He could turn it on and off, yeah, really really quickly. Um, you so know, scumbag kind of like, or not scumbag. Yeah, later on, he, he kind of became sort of an anti-hero. Yeah, people that don't watch Supernatural, basically, the backstory for Crowley is he is he was originally a, a crossroads demon, and he was actually like the head, like he was the king of the crossroads. Um, so it's it's funny that hell operates like a business. Yeah, although <laughs> so there, there's there's, awesome. a, there's a chain of command. Yep. Um, and so he was like basically like the vice president of the crossroads. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you actually, like he, he ascends to the, to the king of hell. It's at some point, you don't really know how or why. He just, he's suddenly king of hell. Um, and they actually answered that question this past season. Yeah. Where he approached a prince of hell who was like one of like the, was the first demons or something. That Lucifer mm-hmm. created, yeah, um, basically like his generals, mm-hmm. um, just the, and they all became recluses when when Lucifer got locked in the cage. Yeah, they just had nothing else to do. There was no, and so <clears throat> Crowley tracked him down. I forget exactly why, but this Prince of Hell said, "You know, the throne's empty. Why don't you take it? I don't give a shit." Yeah, <laughs> and so he did. Well, um, he, he played the role. Fantastically, yeah, you know? and you know the earlier joke about you know it's a show for for teenage girls and whatnot. And it's like Crowley is a large of the reason why I continue to watch it because his character just is, it cracks me up. He's mm-hmm. guys just like the he's a perfect actor carrying out the perfect role. Yeah, um, and he, he has just the right amount of ego and assholeness <clears throat> and swagger mm-hmm. to make it fun and make it entertaining. You know, um, same with Pellegrino playing yeah. uh, playing Lucifer. The guy's perfect for that. He's yeah, perfect he in that role. Um, but, uh, here's what bothers me about Supernatural is, so Crowley's gone and let's just say for the sake of argument, he's really gone. Um, Lucifer's gone and let's just say for the sake of argument, he's, he's gone. I mean, he's, there's no way to get back. Mm-hmm. That probably is, but Mary's gone. I never cared for her character anyway. Mary's gone. The mother. I don't know. She got trapped in the rift with him. She did? On the other side. Yeah. Um, I totally spacing on it. Okay. Yeah. So, and but I never liked her character anyway. I thought she brought the story down. Yeah. Um, same with the British Men of Letters. I thought that it, you kind of needed it. You didn't need it for like f- a four or five episode it, arc. It was just too it much. became a little much. A little yeah. bit much. Yeah. Um, 
it, it, it got silly. It, it turned something that's kind of a fun show into something that just kind of was like that CW silliness. Yeah. And, and so now that they're all gone, that's good. But the point is, is that, you know, uh, Billy the Reaper, she's gone. Um, uh, you know, the, the horsemen are all, well, I guess death is still around. Is he? Uh, yeah. That, no, uh, he killed him. Remember? The guy with the ring? They killed him? Dean killed him. Okay. So and the horsemen that, are gone. That's what brought on the darkness. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. Okay. Because so the, the horsemen way- are gone. So who's left? I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, they're coming back for another season, at least one more. Um, but what's going to happen? Because, you know, go way, way back when 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 the bad got killed and yellow eyes, they killed yellow eyes mm-hmm. and all. It's like, okay, you think, oh, God, what's left? Can we edit that out? <laughs> try. <laughs> but uh, but there was always somebody new, somebody new, somebody new. Yeah. Um, but how many of these characters that we are seeing week after week on that show are like old friends? They're yeah. recurring characters or they're offspring or they're offshoots of, a re- of existing characters that have a basis in, oh, okay, that's a part of the story we're familiar with. And it made it comfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to relearn the show. Every episode. And it does seem like they're basically trying to restart the show. Because uh, it might be a mistake, you know. It, it, it might be. I never thought it was getting stale myself. I a lot of people did though, and that's I, the I thing. Uh, a lot of people I mean, longtime fans like like you and me, um, just they started to get bored with it because it was the same thing over and over and over. Just angels, demons, monster, angels, demon, monster. Mm-hmm. Um and not even necessarily on a weekly basis, on a, on a season by season basis. It was just it seemed like they were just cycling through these these mm-hmm. themes. Um, and but yeah, like you said, I mean, like all their old friends, like oh, that was that was a big thing about this this past season. A lot of the hunters are dead. Yeah, like they they men of letters they gathered up all of the American hunters and killed them. Killed them all, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, what there there's Sam and Dean and. What about uh, half a dozen yeah, hunters sh- left? That sheriff, she's still there. Um, can't think of her name. Uh, oh, Molly? No, Mo- yeah, maybe Molly or you know what I'm talking about. That. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> she's still around. Her daughter, or no, uh, uh, Cass's vessel's daughter. She's still around. Yeah. I mean, there's there's still you know recurring characters they can bring back, mm-hmm. but they really th- uh, really thin the herd. Yeah. This this past season, and. You know, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be rough without without Crowley, yeah. Because he was just the just the right kind of piece of shit. Uh, where it was like a like a guilty pleasure. I was like, come on, you want Crowley to succeed? Yeah, know? yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, but the uh, yeah, I, I don't know where it's going, but I'll be there when it comes back. Yeah, I mean, until they do something that just I think is you know irreversible, or it just they, it turns the show down a, a road that just absolutely sucks. I'll keep watching. Yeah, pretty much. All right, let's talk about something else. Crawl till dawn on my hands and knees. God damn these vampires for what they've done to me. Fans of Saved by the Bell can rejoice <laughs> over this. Okay, I'll be back. <laughs> Uh, Mark Paul Gossler's got a new job. <laughs> Another one? They keep giving him jobs. Is he going to be a stand-in for Paul Walker on the next? No, he's, he's actually playing the lead in an upcoming Fox show called- The hell you say? Yeah. Uh, called The pa- uh, yeah, the Passage. Um, it's a pilot ordered by the uh, by Fox. 
Um, the show is described it as described as an epic character-driven thriller that morphs into a post-apocalyptic odyssey, which spans over a century and is told across two timelines. The story focuses on a 10-year-old girl named Ellie, Amy Belafonte, who must save the human race. Gosler will play an FBI agent uh, whose name was Brad Wolgast in the novel that this is based on. Um, who balks at ki- kidnapping Amy, who has been targeted for an unholy government experiment and goes on the run with her, with a ver- veritable army of feds on his heels. You know, I don't see the FBI surviving the apocalypse. How many times they're going to run this same old hack stuff? Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Another one? The book, though, I mean, it's actually a trilogy. Um, It started with the book The Passage by Justin Cronin. Apparently, God damn, I can't stop burping. Um, apparently, the the trilogy is actually um, very well liked. Like oh, it's how pretty popular. It? Uh, came out early two thousands. All right. Because um, as you were reading it, you could, if you took the names out of there, all I was thinking was that show Touch. Remember that show Touch? Yeah. Right after twenty four was over, and all of us were crying the blues because Jack Bauer was gone, and they turned him into the biggest pussy in the world. <laughs> they the father of that mute kid. Yeah, that could save the world or whatever. They're fucking all the kids, kids were after him, and that kid's playing Bruce Wayne now. That's who that kid is. Okay, mm-hmm. I knew I recognized him from somewhere. Yeah, because but he talks in in Batman Gotham. Yeah, that's yeah. the difference. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's the same story. And in Mercury Rising. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't apocalyptic uh, or end of the world scenario, but it's always, you know, someone, some badass uh, protecting some There's brainiac some, kid from the feds. Let's see. There's some, I don't think that this girl, Amy, I don't think she's special. I mean, like, you know, as far as having some kind of handicap or anything like that, at least uh, not that I can tell. Um, the novel, um, yeah, see, here's the description of the, the first novel. The passage begins in the near future and details an apocalyptic and later post-apocalyptic world that is overrun by vampire-like beings who are infected by a highly contagious virus. This is where it starts to sound a little like The Strain to me. As The Strain's coming to an end yeah. on its run, yeah. Who, who, um, what, what, what studio's doing this? Fox. No, there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see. Uh, what begins as a project to develop a new immunity-boosting drug based on the virus carried by an unnamed species of bat in South America. A bat! That's original. Uh, eventually becomes the virus that transforms the world. Uh, the novel begins in 2016 and spans more than 90 years as colonies of humans attempt to live in a world filled with superhuman creatures who are continually on the hunt for fresh blood. I'm already bored. <laughs> um, it's being written by Liz Heldens, who wrote uh, Friday Night Lights and Deception. And, uh, it's being EP'd by Matt Reeves, who is the director um, of Dawn, uh, Dawn of and War 4, Planet of the Apes, uh, as well as the upcoming buttfuck Batman movie. <laughs> He's a good Batman. Ben, ben just come, just come to grips with it. Hmm? He's a good Batman. No, fuck just, him. Just come to grips with it. He's a good fuck Batman. him. Fuck him. He's a good fucking Batman. Uh, and Ridley Scott, or Ridley Scott's Scott Free Productions. All right. <clears throat> so who's anybody? Any who's going to direct like the uh, the pilot or um, any 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 names in there? There's a bunch of fucking up and coming hacks. That are gonna it be doesn't appear to be giving their first shot. It doesn't look like there's a director attached yet. All right. 
um, at least not in my information. So here, here's the here's the couple of problems I have with that right out of the top. Is first of all, it's been done a dozen <laughs> times. Okay, and in fact, it's been done half a dozen of those times by by Fox. Um, and the it sounds like it's way too long an epic to be sustained on TV without it just becoming oh another you know weekly attack of the monsters, weekly attack of the same same monsters. I mean, kind of like the strain. That's why the strain has such a short run. I think it's because there's just nowhere else to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's uh, just the era we live in, they're going to force it into political correctness all along. The shit that makes no difference when you're talking about fucking monsters killing humans. You know, they're pretty. I mean, it, it's got to be pretty much indiscreet. <laughs> it's just fucking monsters attacking humans who are trying to find bats. Um, but they're going to find a way to force political correctness. It'll correctness. It'll just make it uncomfortable for everybody and take a fantasy monster story and then make it stupid <laughs> on top. Um, and that's why I probably won't watch it. Mm. You know, political correctness isn't uncomfortable for everybody. Just people who don't believe in political correctness, <laughs> which is half the viewing. I and mean, who do you think sitting around watching this stuff? 13-year-old girls and people that are looking at retirement. Um, like I said, Mark Paul Gossler is taking the lead. Um, presumably, uh, like I, he's, he's this FBI agent. Who, Mario Lopez in it too? <laughs> I wish. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm sure I wish. <laughs> I'm just, I, I want to watch this just to see if uh, Gossler is just like, right, hold on, time out. And no. then the, the whole background scene stops, like Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Now there was like, now if there's maybe a way I can outsmart these vampires. <laughs> I'm sure, he's musing. He's musing to the audience. Yeah, but so uh, I know you probably didn't watch Save by the Bell. It was on in the household plenty yeah. of times. I know, right. but no, actually, he did a cop show here. I don't know, five, six, seven, five, six years ago. Um, PD Blue. Was that what it was? I know he was on there. I don't know if that's one. And I didn't know who it was. I had no idea because you know. I didn't recognize him at all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and, and I thought he did an okay job. And then when I realized who it was, I thought, oh, fuck him. I don't like him. <laughs> all of a sudden, he sucked at it. But no, I mean, he was he was okay. I, the, the, the actor playing the role, I think, would be fine. Yeah. I, I, I think don't, the story's going to be stupid. I don't have an issue with him as an actor. Yeah. I think he's actually a pretty good actor. He's mm-hmm. just got that stigma of being Zach Morris, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he's continuing with Fox after... That show Pitch got canceled, which he was on, apparently. Um, Pitch. That one where the woman that joins the MLB. Oh, yeah. How long is that going to last? Right. <laughs> I mean, that that didn't have a fucking prayer. I can, I can respect what they were trying to do, but that show did not have a snowball's chance in hell of lasting. Um, uh, other people being cast, uh, Sanaya Sidney. Has been cast as Amy. Uh, you would have seen her in uh, American Horror Story Roanoke, uh, Fences, and Hidden Figures. Um, there was also Genesis Rodriguez from Tusk, Brianne Howey from the Exorcist TV series, BJ Britt from Agents of Sealed, and Pitch. So, reuniting the team, getting the team back together. <laughs> God, this sounds worse and worse. Stop talking. <laughs> Um, and Jennifer Farron from Time After Time, another sh- Fox show that got canceled. So the, this is just yeah, like that was the, like one of those things. Like I think I'm going to watch Time After Time, catch up on the last two episodes. And that's all that lasted was two episodes. It's like the second chance show for Fox. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
The hour-long pilot is beginning filming later this month in Atlanta. Uh, it has the potential if Fox if Fox likes the pilot, if they can get it done fast enough, if Fox likes the pilot, this actually has the potential to be part of the 2017-2018 lineup if um, if uh, Fox takes it to series. So Fox has produced more turds than than successes. I mean, like by orders of magnitude in yeah. the last um, god five years. <clears throat> um, I mean, The Exorcist was shitty. It should have been great. It was awful. See, that is contrary to to the opinion I've heard most often. Have you watched it? Uh, I watched it's a couple episodes. Godly doll. I, I've heard that it, I haven't. I watched like the first two episodes, and I haven't watched any mm-hmm. of the rest of it. But I have heard it. it, it uh, it's a little slow to start, but once it starts getting getting into the season, like it gets really good. And like there was a chance it wasn't going to get renewed, and it eventually did. But like there was like this public outcry to get the show renewed because apparently people really liked it it was awful it was, i mean i was like six episodes in i just i can't watch this it's just so it's just going nowhere it's going fucking i think nowhere. people in your age bracket might have been a, might have been a little harder to convince well the thing is we're not the world of instant gratification that you guys are you know we don't need to have something hit us in the first episode and then just like you know grab it we're waiting my generation is perfectly willing to wait something to, for something to develop this was going nowhere <laughs> um same with the Oh God! What the hell is that other show that uh, should have had all kinds? Of- oh, Damien. Yeah, another Fox show that should have had all kinds of potential. Like it was crap. <clears throat> um, Damien and Exorcist both. I thought it's like okay. Initially, I thought okay. These, this is a, this is going to be a bad idea. These are going to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. And you know, Damien ultimately did. Um, but it, yeah, it's like you said, Damien. It had potential after having watched it a, a few episodes. I'm like, this could go somewhere even though the timeline's all fucked up um because he was supposed to be the actual damien from the original yeah omen mm-hmm. like this it was in the the omen films timeline mm-hmm. except he's like my age and real damien should be like pushing 50 and they screwed the timeline <laughs> all up yeah you know you get something like composed like like lucifer this show's not gonna last very long but you don't think no um, well, it'll, it'll another. It, it might have another good season or two. It's they, a comic book show, so I mean, comic book show. It's silly. It's dumb, but it's so easy to watch. Yeah, and it's 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 goofy. They they there's good chemistry. Tom Ellis is awesome. Like, yeah, they're just a bunch of bunch of relative losers, and there's just good chemistry amongst the all of them. It's like mm-hmm. okay, that's a that's a fun show to watch. Um, if if Monday Night Football runs over. <laughs> when it comes back on and it's you know uh then yeah i'll probably you know sac- I'd, I'd be willing to sacrifice an episode of lucifer it won't kill me mm-hmm. but yeah i enjoy watching that but i my expectations of it are so low <laughs> it's you know it's just something that i'll you know just keep watching mom mom will sit there and watch it with me and she'll you know be on her phone or whatever but she'll get a couple of you know snickers out of it too because it's just so yeah so goofy but that's its intent yeah um Exorcist, Damien, they just <clears throat> took they, they 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 had they took and are taking weak platforms way too seriously. Yeah. And kind of like to go along with you said a second ago, uh Damien, eh, you do it, do with it what you will, because they already made a remake of a classic movie and screwed that up. See, I I don't think they did. I think it was close enough to the originals or it's just- Oh, it was close enough to the original, but the original, if you watch the original, it's very, very slow. Plotted very, you know, plotted very slowly. It needed to be. If you're going to remake it, update it, make it a little more, 
contemporary and they tried to here's one where they tried to stick to the original too much and I'm I'm a fan of that. I mean I would opt for that. Here's one where it's like don't stick to he's got to spice it up a little bit. Mm. You got to make it a little more peppy for today's audience and they didn't. And so that's why I think it failed in the, the box office. No, I, I got a copy of it. I've, I've watched it multiple times. I enjoy it, but I, I see why people largely didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the TV show should have just never been done. But Exorcist, don't fuck with a classic. Don't fuck with the best horror movie ever made in the history of mankind. <laughs> just leave it as a as an icon and don't try to fucking capitalize on it. And see, I think that's why, like I said, I think your, your generation, your age bracket probably didn't respond to it as well because – that was the the horror movie in your you know in your twenties or mm-hmm. in your teens or whenever, um, and uh, yeah, it's just like kind of like a don't fuck with it type thing. Um, same way as like, um, God, I don't even really have anything classic to compare for my age bracket. I guess I don't know. Scream maybe maybe that Scream TV show. It's just like what the fuck are you doing? Um, but I mean, I was never a big Scream fan to begin with. But no, see, yeah. that was one where you get away with one sequel, okay, and then let it go because you had a campy, goofy uh, horror movie that had just enough star power in it to make it work. Mm-hmm. You had a hit, just let it let it ride off into the sunset as a hit, even with one sequel. But then they you know, make it kept making them, and then they got the dumbass TV show. Yeah. So. Scream 4 was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, anything number four is a bad idea. <laughs> um, except Friday the 13th. All right. Well, yeah. So, um, Passage, you could probably look for that this fall, if not, or maybe like mid-season replacement. We'll see. See if Fox even likes it. All right. Yeah. Now let's move on to a different story. Here's something I've been waiting for some news on. All right, that's, that's cool. We, we can, we can do that. What kind of windscreen is this? We used to have like the... Yeah, that's what I thought you had. We still have them. And just mm. with these, it didn't seem necessary. Well, clearly it is. Well, when some guy talks directly <laughs> into the fucking mic and blows into it personally, yeah, or pur- purposely, then yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so here's some news I've been waiting on for a while now. Um Taylor and I first talked about it two years ago in December of 2015, uh, and that was the last we heard anything. But um, they were make the AMC was going to make a TV series out of um, Nosferatu, the book by Joe Hill. Really? Had I not talked to you about you that? You never brought that up to me. Oh, I was not aware of this. I could have sworn I said something. Nope. Um, but yeah, they first like I said, first announced it in 2015. Um, and uh, that was all we heard. Like, said AMC bought the rights to Nosferatu, and that was it for two years now. Uh, but we're first, we're finally getting some information that sounds pretty promising. Like they're actually moving forward with making this damn thing. Um, they hired Jamie O'Brien, who uh, is a writer from Hell on, or sorry, uh, writer and executive producer from the AMC show Hell on Wheels. She was with the show for several seasons, I believe. Um, she's been hired to write an EP, a pilot, 
for um, actually, sorry, this may have been old news. Um, she was hired to write the pilot and EP uh, for AMC, and um, that's, that's pretty. It's been pretty dead. Like I, I keep, I kept trying to find news. Like, God, did I miss something? Did they are they just not doing it anymore? But it sounds like they're moving forward because um, rather than just make the pilot and present it to AMC and see if they could get greenlit to series, um, AMC has jumped that step and they've set up an entire writer's room to move forward with writing more episodes. So oh. it sounds like they're taking it straight to series, hmm. which is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it, it, that's, that's pretty outside the norm because, <clears throat> you know, pilot season is a big thing in the TV industry <clears throat> for them to take something straight to series. That's that's not only unorthodox, but it's um, a big risk because they're spending the money to produce an entire season of a show without the guarantee that people will actually watch it. Well, look what they did with Fear of the Walking Dead. They piloted it. <laughs> No one's watching it. Yeah. <laughs> now they've got it, brought it back for a second season. So third, that's the third season already. Yep. Oh, yeah. Show's awful. Well, the show actually might have been okay. The characters are awful. Yeah, that's something Taylor and I've talked about over and over. There is no reason to give a shit about any of the characters because they all suck. They all suck, and they follow the lead of the fucking heroin addict. It's like, come on, heroin addict. That kid. I know. I didn't watch it all that season. Oh so. yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Like, I don't like. I don't fucking care. Like, just get eaten. Yeah, I'm pulling for the zombies in this show. Yeah, and it's like I, I still love the original series because I like that cast of characters. I love Rick. I love Daryl, um, and um, and uh, Carol, and all those that tight knit group, they're all likable. I mean, they've, they're, they're all a little despicable. They've all got their, their faults. Um, Come on. You want to see Carl get eaten as much as I did? Oh yeah. Well, fuck Carl. That, that goes without saying. Um, but the, uh, the rest of the characters, you know, they, they overcome so much and they're, they're likable characters. Fear the walking dead. Yeah. They're, they all fucking suck. There's not a redeemable one among them. Actually, um, uh, Cliff uh, Curtis, I can't remember his character's name, um, that guy who could yeah. play every brown skin race on the planet. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, his character seems okay, but he's such a fucking punching bag for everyone else uh -huh. that it's just like, how am I supposed to respect you as a leader, man? Pretty much. <clears throat> yeah, that, um, so if that's the baseline for how they're putting together and in, in, in authorizing new projects then um some of the amc you know has kind of got their head up their ass i guess yeah. so <clears throat> i guess my point nothing surprises me yeah but um nosferatu is something they could so easily fuck up that's the thing you yeah know? and that's but, that's why i wanted to talk to could, you it could be a, a masterpiece too if they yeah know. and so i mean for the for anyone not familiar with nosferatu it's a 2013 book by joe hill who is um, Stephen King's son, who also looks like a fucking clone. <laughs> um, it's a story about Victoria McQueen, who has a secret gift for finding things, a misplaced bracelet, a missing photograph, answers to an unanswer or answers to unanswerable questions. Charles Manx has a way with children. He likes to take them for rides, transporting them to an astonishing and terrifying playground of amusements he calls Christmasland. 
Vic, with her gift, is the only one able to track the superhuman Manx, but finding him is the, is the easy part. Defeating Manx and rescuing victims will take everything Vic's got and nearly kill her in the process. So that was the first Joe Hill book I ever read. And I, I like all of his work. They're all really good. Um, Heart-shaped box, maybe a little is a little weak, but well, that was yeah, that was kind of a first. Every, yeah, it was every, first everybody's, book, everybody's yeah. first book kind of blows. Yeah, um, but Nosferatu uh, <laughs> was amazing. Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop. Yeah, um, and uh, but like like you said, just the the way the book, I guess the story itself, creating that into a into a, a series or making making that an image on a screen. That's difficult because there's so much going on there. There's a lot going on, and um, I'd really rather see that on a cable network than on a commercial network, where it you know it's basically yeah. trying to put it into 44 minute segments. <clears throat> um, the uh, it's going to have to rely heavily on CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, but and if they make if they can create makes. Two things. If they can create Manx as someone who's not a uh, fucking Jim Carrey <laughs> caricature. Yeah. And um, what's the girl's name? Victoria, you said? Vic. Vic, okay, yeah. She's, you know, a damaged person. Um, <clears throat> and, or, and if they don't make her, you know, like uh, super dyke or something like that, you know, make a political statement with her being a strong woman. For as damaged as she is, just let her play out. If she's a fucked up individual, yeah, that's in a bad situation, um, <clears throat> then yeah, they can pull it off. In other words, stay true to the characters. And see, that's the thing: the way the character—it's like a jigsaw puzzle. The way the characters are, their personalities, and the way they do things—it all interlocks. Yeah. If you change a character or who they are, that all falls apart. So mm-hmm. I, it's like, like you said, they can't change her into some. You know, uh, reluctant hero. Well, she, I mean, she kind of was a reluctant no, she, yeah, hero. Yeah, she is a reluctant hero, but they don't make don't make her a heroine. Don't make her a, a, a star. Yeah, exactly. She, yeah, she is fucked up. She's not especially likable. No, and she could be as damaging to the kid as uh, to uh, the kid as as you know, Manx potentially because she just doesn't care. She does, you know. Yeah, that's that, who they need to maintain that. There's the thing. Her son, she was gone for the what the first couple of years of his life. Yeah. She just checked out and disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I had in my mind for that because you always cast books when you read them. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, for some reason, that's the only pace I can only only person I can put on that. I mean, I, if I thought long longer about it, but <clears throat> she would play that. I think she would play that role pretty well. The way we're describing it, if they want to make her a. Uh, you know, super vixen, then yeah, you'll find some Australian or English chick. Yeah. You know who I, if this, if they would have made this 20 years ago, somebody I could have easily seen in the role was uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Wow. Yeah. That would have been a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) But like she just, she plays that kind of character so well that it seems like a perfect fit, but yeah, she's she's too old now, but, um, yeah, like I'm I'm excited to see what they can do with this because you know a lot of people said that because the the Walking Dead 
I mean, when they when they made the series, the comic book series was so big. Like this is it's it's this world. You're making a post-apocalyptic TV show where the entire world is zombies and there are tiny little groups of survivors fighting to survive. People thought that couldn't they couldn't have pulled that off, but they did in, in spades. You know, I mean, there, there's no way the show would have been ex- as successful if they hadn't have pulled it off so well. So, if I think if I had faith in any network to do it justice, it would probably be AMC, just because they've done so well pulling off these things that seem like they're just too big big a scope to be a TV show. You're more generous than I am with AMC. Right. <clears throat> um, no, I, I, I. I mean, they've had their share of shit too. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I agree with. Uh, you know, I was not big into the comic book version of Walking Dead. You've told me more about it than. And see, I wasn't either. <clears throat> I, I knew about it. I never really read it though. But it was a good standalone story without even knowing what all the backstory, yeah, or all the other you know, uh, supplementary stuff was. Um, but you mentioned that the woman associated with that is. Uh, it was an EP on to Helen back. It was an awful show. Helen Wheels. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Helen Wheels. Yeah, it's a terrible show. Was it? I never watched yeah, it. It was just again. It's it just dull. That just went nowhere. It, going nowhere. Because I think it's, it's actually still a live mm. show. Or uh, uh, they're still running it. <clears throat> um, and what's the other big AMC show that uh, was a disappointment? I'm drawing a blank on what it is now. Bottom line is, yeah, AMC was gold. It's like, oh, if AMC is producing it, man, it's going to be gold because mm-hmm. because of Walking Dead. And it's like, oh man, you guys haven't lived up to that. If you blew your wad on on Walking Dead, then I just soon see if another network do it. Yeah, and I mean, admittedly, I think it's uh, Walking Dead's initial success had a lot to do with Frank Darabont. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, well, Darabont and Nicotero together. Um, yeah. And now it's, you know, Nicotero's the showrunner now, um, which is fine. He's, he seems to be doing a good job. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it really depends. It has a lot to do with who's behind the, behind the scenes, I guess. It's not just yeah. having a good cast and telling a good story. People have to execute well. Is, is Joe Hill affiliated with it all? Um, not that I'm aware of. <clears throat> I imagine he's probably like EP or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some, some arbitrary title. Well, because of the, after <clears throat> one Stephen King adaptation after another, they were just complete disasters. Yeah. You know, when you saw Stephen King is, you know, he's actually, uh, he's wrote the screenplay or, you know, he's, uh, you know, something that's a, a real role. I'm trying to think of examples, not, not an EP because that's just a, a name only. I'm trying, uh, like he even directed. I'm trying to think what movie he directed. Maximum Overdrive? Yeah. It's like, awful. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it didn't make a difference. Yeah. It's like your stories are brilliant. They're just not adaptable to movies. Um, and, and the couple that were, were done, were done beautifully. Mm-hmm. But by and large, your stories just aren't adaptable. And I just, <clears throat> I'd fear the same thing with, uh, with, uh, uh, with Joe Hill because his stories are written in, in very much the same style. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I, was, I was listening to the last episode you were on episode 60 um and we actually had a similar conversation then about um uh adapting stephen king's work and um doing it well and i think i can't remember if it was you or me that said that um it seems like his best works his best adaptations are coming from coming 
from his uh, his short stories. Yeah. Just because there's a concise idea and there's so much to expand on. So it's like you can keep that core mm-hmm. and create some create something around it rather than take this full story and try to, you know, mm-hmm. parse it out onto celluloid or not celluloid anymore, but you yeah. know, make make a film <laughs> or a TV show about it. Um but Yeah, that's why I think Dark Tower is gonna be just a Fucking disaster. Well, it'll probably be a good movie. It'll probably be a watchable movie. It'll be a terrible adaptation of a 30-year work yeah. um, because there's so much detail. There's so much character development yeah. that <clears throat> then they cast the absolute wrong guy as uh, as a gunslinger, you know. So, um, And they cast an even worse guy as fucking Randall Flagg. It's, it's like, come on. You know, it's like, so you didn't even take the fucking script seriously yeah. if that's the casting you did. You know, two guys that are, you know, yeah, they're fine actors, but not in those two roles. Yeah. You fucked it up right from the get-go. Um, and so, and on top of that, the, there's the character, uh, the character development is, that that's, you got 30 years of character development. Yeah. And how how it, many Dark Tower books are there? It's like eight of them, I think. Is that eight. it? Okay. I thought yeah. there were more, but. But eight of them that are, you know, eight, 900 pages a piece, yeah. you know. The point being is, you know, <clears throat> uh you know, there'd be one where Roland is, uh, you know, sitting around a fire with his crew and says, uh, well, let me let me tell you a story. It goes like this. And 894 pages later, <laughs> he's finished the story. Right. But it's told about this major set of events in his life that made him who he is. Yeah. And that's not going to get captured in no. this movie. It's like, I would, you sit there and say, wow, this would make a great movie. No, it really won't make a great movie because this one just needs to be state literary and let it go as a classic in literature and forget ever trying to make a movie out of it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, they tried to, Ron Howard was for years trying, I don't know if he's involved with this one still. I imagine probably to some degree he is, but for years he tried to make a dark tower movie. He wanted to make a dark tower movie and a dark tower TV show to coincide with each other, um, to really tell the full tale. Mm. Um, but it's like, I, I haven't read the dark tower books. Um, just because it's more fantasy, and fantasy is not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what I know of it, when I see the trailer, I'm like, "That's not Dark Tower." Mm. That it looks like it comes off like this another post-apocalyptic. Um, you know, find the source of new mankind. And that's what I'm when I watch those Wait, trailers. What it looks like is they're trying to make the Dark Tower into a superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and create the what well, <laughs> there. I keep seeing these rumors of all these different Stephen King characters that are going to be showing up. Um, and you know, there is. I, I know in in the Dark Tower, one of one of the books, the char- the creature that is it. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's actually Pennywise, but that character shows up in one of the books, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, as some kind of like and soldier of for flag or yeah, something. Yeah, and flag uh, from the stand also makes appearance. Right. Know? Well, he's he's the dark man or the black man. You know, no dark man. The uh, diff- yeah, dark man. Um, the uh, man man in black. That's what it was. Yeah, I'm talking about something I read years ago. Sure. Yeah, but point is, is that yeah, that's <clears throat> and Stephen King will be the first one to tell you that. The Dark Tower um, 
specter of the, of the whole story was a platform for almost everything else he wrote. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Flag <clears throat> steps in and out. Flag was never Pennywise. Pennywise was something entirely different right. from anything we know. Um, but it was still made reference. I couldn't tell you which book it's in, but there's, there's some reference made to it. Um, but yeah, flag in one form or another steps in and out of, um, uh, the dark tower. But he also, I mean, when they're walking through Kansas or wherever, uh, or East Texas or wherever the fuck, uh, uh, the stand takes place Mm -hmm. when they're, when the, when Roland's crew is walking through that part of the, the desolate land Mm -hmm. flags there. Starting as a black crow or a black raven. Got it. So anyway, point is, is that yeah, it's it's an epic. You can't you can't make it. Yeah, movie. yeah. And you couldn't even make a series out of it just would because you need five years of a TV series to even get through. right. And you know the reason I bring that up is because mm-hmm. I have heard rumors of all these other Stephen King characters appearing. Um, Cujo apparently is going to make an appearance, and like, like I don't think Cujo was in Dark Tower. Pretty I don't sure know. He wasn't yeah. Yeah, I don't know why he would be. Cujo's whole lifespan was, I think, 40 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Um, and I think I heard that, um, uh, uh, what's his fucking face? Um, Danny Torrance was going to be in there somewhere. And like, that, I, I might be remembering that wrong. But just all these, like, basically, like, people thinking that they're making some kind of S- Stephen King shared universe, like they're doing with all the comic books like they're doing with the universal monsters, just making this whole big Stephen King shared universe where all these characters will eventually come together. And it's like, that's not the point. <laughs> no. And I can't believe Stephen King is idly sitting by letting this happen either. Um, unless he's, you know, going to got six months to live and doesn't care anymore. <laughs> See, it's, like, it's funny on our, the last episode you were on, we, we said something along those lines. It's like, you know, he's pushing 70 and you know, he's just cashing the checks. But it's like, at this point, this is his legacy. They're fucking with. You could, yeah. Any number of those books, you can, you can fuck up any of those books. And it was an, it's an individual. Yeah. You fucked up one of his stories and a movie that should never have been made, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> but if you've ever read, like he, he wrote a book, Stephen King on writing. It's mm-hmm. not, it's I don't know, about 200 pages. It's not a long book. It's a quick read, but he just writes about writing. And his, his, oh, I can't even call it adoration, his passion. Those words are just too soft to, to express how he felt about Dark Tower. It was his life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was one of his children. And, um, he basically said, I will continue to write that until it's, until I get this right. And he just started writing and writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. <clears throat> and he said, um, that's the way it wraps up the last book. The way it wraps up at the very end is because he simply couldn't bring himself to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way it ends the way it does. Um, but uh, the point is, yeah, for for someone to come in and, and, and unless they bought, you know, unless they're, they're uh, uh, you know, Michael Jackson coming in and buying the Beatles' whole song library. Yeah. Someone came in and bought every Stephen King copyright to his work and could fuck it up any way they want. Pull a Ted Turner, you know, and just yeah. fuck everything up, um, which I know didn't happen. I can't believe he's sitting by and letting him trash, not trash, letting them marginalize Dark Tower. Yeah. That's one that I can't believe that he's letting them touch. And he's, he's, he's genuinely excited about it. He has been pub- very public about how excited... And um, 
and how much positivity he has towards that adaptation. Um, yeah, and but he's done the same thing with it, which you know, I can't get excited about it. I've got very, very uh, high hopes with very low expectations. Yeah, you know, I want that to be. I want that to be so good, but I just, I just can't see it getting there from here. Yeah. Um, but getting back to Joe Hill and yeah. uh, and Nosferatu. Um, <clears throat> see, they got the other thing too is that all the character development for Charles Manx takes place in the next book, The Wraith. So, um, well, that was a prequel, wasn't it? It's a prequel, but it's 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 the following book. Oh, d- d- okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so they're going to go in with Nosferatu with this, and, and they're going to scramble to poorly develop his character, or the characters, but mostly his. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, maybe they should just go slow and, you know, move reverse the order of the book so you can do it in, in on a timeline, and so people understand who Charles Minks really is. And see, when I was reading the book... I didn't really like if there's any if anybody likes some backstory, it's me like, you know, like Taylor and I, we butt head or butt heads, but (coughs) he's a a butt head. (laughs) Um, Like he he likes the original Halloween, John Carpenter, because Michael Myers is just the shape. You don't know who he is. You don't know why he's killing people. You don't know why he wants Laurie Strode in particular. He just does. And that's and people love that. Me, I like the Rob Zombie version better because I know why he's fucked up. Why he wants to kill Laurie Strode. You know, why he comes back to Haddonfield over and over. Um, but, I mean, that's just me. And I, that's not 100% consistent because for Nosferatu... I think it would be better if they didn't give Manx's backstory. He's just who he is. Don't know why. So <clears throat> here's something that I don't know how many times I'll ever I'll do this show with you again, but <clears throat> this audience will probably never hear me say this ever again. But I tend to agree with Taylor on this one. <laughs> uh, Terminator, Michael Myers, Jason... I always like the big, mindless, lumbering, <clears throat> uh, uh, indiscriminate killer. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I didn't want to have to figure out why he's doing it. I was going to figure out just how fucked up and depraved this guy can get on the next one. Um, <clears throat> so why, if I sound like I'm counter to that on on this subject, on subject Charles makes, is that it's largely not going to make any sense. You know, because you're going to be sitting there going, okay, you know, Walking Dead, zombies happened and they just happened. Well, if you've watched zombie movies, it doesn't matter why zombies happen. They just happen. But someone like mom who just sat down and started watching Walking Dead because she liked Rick's smile. <laughs> um, <clears throat> she, well, what, what happened to everybody? Why did everybody die? It's like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it's like, she goes, well, well why did everybody become zombies? <laughs> did you hear me the first time? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> You know, it's that kind of stuff. So people are going to need a backstory to know why Manx is not quite a demon. He's not quite a monster, but he's not quite human. Yeah. Where's Christmas land? What's this call come? So unless they're going to take some good elements from the Wraith and try to f- and flesh this out, so at least you know, 
you have to go to the detail maybe the race did but <clears throat> to, to explain how he went from human to what he is yeah but you got to have something on there otherwise you're gonna have a show that just won't make any sense except here's this crazy monster guy then it's like but anyway but, I, I suppose but, that's fair yeah but generally uh yeah i can live without i can live without backstory too yeah. I, just, I just like to see the uh and you know because we've both read the book it maybe it's easy for us to say it's like oh you don't need the backstory but you know we didn't we didn't know the backstory when we started reading it i mean he kind of <laughs> gives glimpses into us glimpses into yeah but you can do that in a book that yeah just again i've been talking about for the last 10 minutes you just can't come doesn't come across well in a movie yeah or a tv show tv show even worse but yeah, yeah. anyway <clears throat> um i mean you know joe hill's properties i mean they made horns um i think heart-shaped box i think somebody owns the rights to that just nobody's done anything with it um uh i think he does really i think he he did with the guys who um he did lock and key with those the guys that wrote that comic book with him um oh yeah i can't remember their names i think those guys have the rights and i could be pulling that out of my ass but i'm pretty sure it's it's him with some partners have it they just haven't done anything with it right um, but the, the, the fireman, those rights got bought up before the book even came out, mm-hmm. which is becoming more and more commonplace. Yeah. Because they can get it cheaper that way. And then, well, and also, you know, it's fucking Joe Hill. It's Stephen King the same way. He writes a book. Somebody's buying the rights where the book even comes out. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, uh, you know, I'll hope, like you said earlier, hope for the best, mm-hmm. prepare for the worst. Pretty much. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping cause I, Really want this to be good. I really like to see this book on screen. So. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm certainly yeah. not going to discard it without uh, due process. All right. All right. Let's move on. All right, here's a story that I'm sure Taylor wishes he was here for because um, this is his boy. Um, but uh, Adam Wingard has been tapped to direct Godzilla versus Kong. Now, anybody not familiar with Godzilla or not familiar with Adam Wingard, yeah, he did um, The Guest and Your Next, and most recently Blair Witch, which was pretty panned like across the board. But Taylor will straight suck Adam Wingard's dick off, and he I've can't. I've seen him do it. <laughs> he can't stop me from saying that because he's not here. Because uh, <laughs> he wouldn't argue. With <laughs> see, see what happens when you leave Taylor. <laughs> no, we did a panel. We talked shit about me, so I was like, "Talk about Taylor." <laughs> he, we did a panel at Crypticon. Uh, it was the, called the Casket List. Basically, we we all talked about who in horror. We want to bang. Whose dick would you suck? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the the moderator who was uh, already like a couple of drinks in, <laughs> we, we it got pretty irreverent. You know, it's the like got nice word for it. Yeah, it got it got pretty crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, the guy said, "What director would you want to fuck?" Um, and Taylor couldn't think of anyone. And I'm like, "Oh, you know, there's somebody." I give you shit about it all the time. I tell, I always tell you, you would suck his dick. Oh, God damn it. Who was it? And it, it took me like five minutes to remember. I'm like, Adam Wingard. And I, I like turned to the audience. I'm like, Taylor would straight suck Adam Wingard's dick off. 
dude, dude, just like, what, dude? <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell anybody that. But no, Aunt Taylor loves him some Adam Wingard. Um, but the most confusing thing, my my first uh, reaction to that was, what? <laughs> because this guy, he's not a, a, a big mon or not a big like creature feature CGI spectacle guy. He does small independent films. Like he's known for movies like The Guest and um, Your Next. Did you see Your Next? I loved Your Next. It was, it was good, yeah. yeah. Um, and Blair Witch, like I said, a lot of people hated Blair Witch. I hated it. It was just a disappointment. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of people hated it. Oh, but the remake, right? Not so. It was, it was basically a sequel. You're talking, yeah, they're talking about the, the most recent one. Yeah. The most recent one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he directed that. Um, Along with uh, Simon Barrett, I think they co-wrote it. Um, I thought he did one or two of those stupid Fast and Furious movies too. No, <laughs> no, okay. Um, but he also did uh, segments in ABCs of Death. Uh, he did segments in VHS, 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 and VHS two. Um, he's just part of this, you know, this inner clique of like these indie horror movie guys with like you know like Ty West and you know that that whole group but for him to be doing this you know multi-million dollar assuming project um seems out of out of his not not maybe not scope but just out of his out of character for him so it's gonna be a big ass movie then well yeah it's actually it's follow apparently the godzilla series you know they're working on you know they made godzilla and now they're making godzilla king of the monsters who's or that's being directed by um, Michael Doherty, who did Trick or Treat mm-hmm. and Krampus. Um, and they're bringing together that along with Kong Skull Island. They're going to, they're bringing those two um, franchises together. Uh, and Adam Wingard's going to direct it. And it's just like, he's, he, he, he proclaims himself as a big fan of like monster movies and stuff like that. Um, but he's never done one. So it just seems like an odd pick. So let's take some givens into account. It will have Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Unless his character died. In, did you see? You probably didn't see Kong Skull Island, did you? Not because I didn't want to. It just was. Uh, just never just got around. Never it. got there. Yeah. Um, I figured it'll be on Redbox by the time I get around to seeing it anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but no, I mean, it looked, looked okay. It's just. Yeah, I, I heard it was good. I just Samuel Jackson is basically our. Right there with Nick Cage now, so. <laughs> yeah, um, I think at one point my wife asked me if I wanted to see it. I was just like, eh, I can, I can live without it. It was, it was definitely a, a, a VOD or a red box for me. It wasn't yeah. anything I had to see at the theater. I'm, just, I'm not a big <clears throat> monster guy. I'm like I'm the the kaiju, the, the giant <clears throat> Japanese monsters. I'm, just, I'm not <clears throat> into those. Um, the. Uh, the Godzilla, the reason I really wanted to see that when it came out, and I want to see it on the big screen, is because it looked like well, the the previews were a good hook. I remember the trailers were a good hook. But it had Cranston, which, you know, he's always good pedigree. Uh, David Strathern, which, you know, he I learned he had a pretty major role in it, and I always liked him. I thought, he, you know, that's good pedigree. So, And then that uh, Japanese guy, uh, uh, Wantanabe, I can't think of his name. Uh, Ken. Ken. Uh, <clears throat> so three guys in there that are – Pretty, you know, 
two of them pretty high-powered guys. Cranston was up and coming at the time. Okay, that's actually a pretty good pedigree, so I'll go see it. And I really liked the movie. Mm. I haven't actually bought a Blu-ray. I hadn't bought a Blu-ray in a long time. That one I wanted to have. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, if it's um, that that franchise is something I'll stick with. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, like I said, I don't have a, a big issue with it. It's just, uh, it seems out of out of character for for them to pick somebody like Adam Wingard to direct it because it's just he's not you know I would be less shocked like I would be more disappointed but less shocked if they hired somebody like James Wan just because he's got experience with these these big budget films yeah. with you know lots of CGI in it um but oh, look at Whedon all Whedon never did was fucking Buffy and then <clears throat> you know <clears throat> I remember laughing when they picked him for Avengers. <laughs> it's like turned out a masterpiece, you know. Yeah, the guy adapted the the big screen perfectly. Yeah, with all kinds of CGI and um and stunts, the whole the whole shooting match. So yeah. you never know. Yeah, I mean, Wingard, uh, he he, uh, I think several months ago started tweeting, uh, and he was asking fans for about their f- favorite Godzilla movies and why. <laughs> Um, and he was posting pictures of Godzilla movie posters and, you know, screenshots of him watching these Godzilla films and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, people ultimately said, you know, what's, what's going on? What are you, are you doing the next Godzilla movie? Or he's like, well, I'm just doing some research. Turns out, yeah, that research was that he was directing, uh, Mm. Godzilla versus Kong. Um, yeah, there's Hollywood reporter that report, uh, that, uh, revealed that initially um like i said before it's going to be a continuation of both godzilla king of the monsters and kong skull island um looks like right right now not many details are known story-wise um but you have to assume it's going to be godzilla versus kong Uh, (laughs) um looks like the release date is set for may 22nd 2020 um so that's all we know right now but uh, <laughs> we'll revisit this in two years. Yeah. <laughs> Let you know how it's coming along. Um, but yeah, like I, I like Wingard. I'm hoping for the best. It just seems so strange for me, to, or to me, for them to have hired him. But, you mentioned ABC's of Death. I watched both of those uh, last week. Oh yeah, yeah. Just on a whim, I just, oh, those, were all, those were awesome. I got to watch those again. <laughs> Wish you were doing those instead of those later yeah. stuff. Those movies were doing. <laughs> I wish we were doing, you know, pretty much anything else except the movies we're doing. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so that's going to do it for our business. I know that's only uh, four stories, and Taylor's probably pulling his hair out right now. How many do you guys usually do? Five. Okay. Well, we do one real-world horror and then uh-huh. do five horror business stories. <laughs> but, you know, we used to do, like, actually, I think last time you were on, we used to do, like, anything that we deemed newsworthy – in between the two weeks when we record, we talked about it all. And that's what turned our shows into like three, four-hour-long episodes. Mm-hmm. Now we cut it down. We do one real-world horror, and then we do five regular stories. And we, it, but we said, if we can't find five stories, then we don't need to do five stories. And we've always done five stories because uh, Taylor's usually putting the news together. But it's like, I only found four stories I wanted to talk about. I mean, there was things about, like, you know, Sharknado, which we ended up talking about more than I planned to. Way but, um, and then, deserved. 
They're talking about uh, the Conjuring Three. The fucking Conjuring movies suck dick. <laughs> so James Wan sucks dick. So I didn't want to talk about him. So anyway, that's going to do it for horror business, guys. Um, from here, we're going to go ahead and move on to our film reviews. getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here? Yeah. Starting to sweat like a whore in church. All right, so um, since Taylor's gone, my dad's filling in, both of our birthdays are very close to each other. Yep. Mine just uh, passed on the 31st. Yours is coming up uh, this week. Um, so I thought we'd do a theme episode, do a couple birthday-related films. So um, I let usually let Taylor... Decide which one we're going to do first. Which one do you want to start with? Well, we found that the birthday concept was a very bad idea. <laughs> so it's kind of immaterial which one we start with first. Um, since <clears throat> we both had a common opinion uh, uh, that we really wanted the one to end much sooner than it did. <laughs> and that one, I'd probably been better if I watched that one first. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's do that one first. So that's going to be happy birthday to me. Yeah. Someone's having a party for the top ten, the senior class snobs. Before they get to celebrate, six of them will die in the most bizarre ways you'll ever see. Virginia, don't go away. Come over here, Virginia. It is up to you to determine whether you wish to subject yourself to Fear. Terror. And shock. Because of the bizarre nature of this birthday party, pray you are not invited. All right, so happy birthday to me. It's a 1981 work of art. Epic. Coming straight out of Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not a lot of familiar faces from this, I guess, unless you're... Like, from my era, they were familiar. From my era, that's gonna say unless you watch like a lot of fifties and sixties films, then mm-hmm. yeah, you probably like the only one that I recognized. Well, actually, I recognized two, um, and I don't remember his name or what I recognized him from. But um, there was also shit, uh, Glenn yeah. Ford. Okay, we're not a tape here. <laughs> we're not a tape. Uh, Glenn Ford, who uh, I recognized as Jonathan Kent from Superman. <clears throat> so Glenn Ford. Um, in in my day, actually, even before my day in the fifties, um, <coughs> he was the Jack Bauer of westerns and detective shows. He was a fucking badass. Really? Yeah, he, he, he could play a mean motherfucker, and um, <clears throat> you know, he did his, his soft stuff where he was a dad and stuff like that too. But no, he was a he was a uh, you know textbook method actor from the day. But he was always cast as the hard ass, mm-hmm. and. Uh, been so long since I'd seen this movie, I thought I forgot he was in it, and so when I came up with it, oh, oh, Glenn, no, <laughs> don't don't go out on a heart attack with this being your last film. Fortunately, <laughs> knocked out Superman before he uh, 
he gained a little credibility back. Actually, no, this came out after Superman. This came out after Superman. Yeah, okay. After Superman, so yeah. this he did go out with this one. Very, very sad. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is a very, very long movie. Um, this It was an hour and 50 minutes. And I was telling you the other day, um, it's like, you know, I picked the movie because I wanted to – there aren't a lot of ha- uh, of birthday-themed horror movies. Uh, there are two that came out in 81. Um, they, they're surprisingly not similar. They just both have a birthday theme to them. And then there was the other one that we watched, and that was like all I could find. Um, but, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's two movies here. Let's make the best of it. And then I watched the trailer for this one. I'd never seen it before. You hadn't seen this before? No. Oh, I thought you'd at least seen it once. Um, I think I'd heard of it through conversation or something. I don't know. Um, but I pulled up the trailer. I watched it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I pulled it up on Amazon to watch it and saw that it was an hour and 50 minutes. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, suffered through it. Uh, did I mean? Did you watch it all the way through? Or I did. did you, okay, I did. I did my duty. Um, so <clears throat> this is one that when um, you still could get uh, triple feature horror movies at the drive-in, mm-hmm. um, the end of the seventies and around nineteen eighty, um, you know, Jason had, had made his appearance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was cutting people up, and 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 I think Freddie had made his appearance by then. Or was he later? 84. 84. Okay, so he had, there was no, oh, Michael Myers made his appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, so of course, that set off uh, the the rampage for these, you know, uh, brutal, indiscriminate, you know, murder movies mm-hmm. to come out. And so this is one I remember as a preview, as a preview when I would, you know, be at the drive-in watching mm-hmm. three other shitty-ass, you know, horror movies. <clears throat> um, and the thing about the preview for this one, I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but- is they showed all the killings. It's like, you know, ramming that uh, shish kebab through the, you know, back of the guy's neck. Yeah, yeah. Back of his head and shit. <laughs> and it's like, but, you know, and all these killings they showed. So it's like, all right, I've seen the movie, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then, again, this is be- before your time, so you probably don't recognize the dr- drastic strategic error they made in casting the fucking big sister from Little House on the Prairie <laughs> as someone who is the presumed you know, antagonist in this mm-hmm. is, the, is, the, is the one you believe that they could be the killer. <clears throat> it's like, really? Yeah. Fucking Laura Ingalls or whatever it is from Little House on the Prairie. Be serious. <laughs> Come on. What the fuck? <clears throat> um, but um, someone who I thought was interesting showing up in there is, is Matt Craven. That's that's the only one I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like that guy is, is perpetually homely. Um, <laughs> and I just uh, watched uh, a movie that I uh, like – Three or four days ago, I just watched it. I'd recorded it because I always liked this. It. called Deja Vu. It's a, two or three years ago, Denzel Washington. Um, okay. And mom sat in and sat, she'd seen it before too, but she sat in and she watched a few few minutes of it with me. And I said, and so when I was watching this one, I turned the computer around. I said, hey, I said, remember that partner of Denzel's in that movie Deja Vu? I said, the guy with the big old beak on him and they're really, really ugly. Mm-hmm. I said, she goes, yeah. She goes, well, here he is. This is the 21-year-old ugly guy. <laughs> Just as homely. Um, but I didn't realize he'd been around that long. 
Uh, you know, and uh, so yeah, he's someone that actually made a career. Um, yeah, out of, out of out of acting, and then, but I, even the uh, Anderson, Melissa Anderson, I don't think I think she's out in oblivion. I don't think she lasted after this. <laughs> Fuck if I know. But, I don't. I don't know her. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, but if you, I never was a little house washer, but I grew up with two sisters that were, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> yeah, she's the sappy big sister that's like, oh my god, right. and they cast her in this. Yeah, so she plays a character named Virginia, or Ginny, as she's referred to. Um, she's part of like the in crowd at at uh, Crawford Academy, which is this elite high school. And like, seems like a lot of Canadian movies they try to make it like kind of any town USA. <laughs> um, this one just didn't even try to make it not <laughs> didn't Canadian. Even try. Which is fine, I guess. You know, have, have you'll have pride in where you're from, but it just seemed out of character for a lot of Canadian movies. Um, they hadn't quite. I mean, they're not polished now, but I mean, those early ones. Yeah, <laughs> this is typical. This is why I hate Canadian Canadian horror movies. They're just so <laughs> shitty, and this is this one is like a pinnacle. This one was this one was set the tone. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, she, like I said, she's part of this in crowd called the Top Ten. Are there actually ten of them? It didn't seem like there were. I don't think there was 10 of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> I think there was like seven of them. Um, but uh, they're all like this this elite group of like all the popular rich kids at this school, even though it seems like they're all, I mean, it's a school of rich kids. It's like yeah, a private everybody academy. Yeah, rich kids, yeah. Um, they all meet up one night at, at, a, at a local tavern. I guess, you know, drinking age is 18 in Canada. So uh, it was, it's weird to see high school seniors, like, f- just freely going to the bar. Slamming down <laughs> um, And uh, they're all gathered together, and they're wondering where their friend Bernadette is. And Bernadette, unbeknownst to them, on her way to meet them at the bar, is attacked by an unseen assailant uh, and has her throat slashed by a um, straight razor. <laughs> you know, these things. Yeah, the thing he's got, the thing he's waving around. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, they're all you know wondering where Bernadette is, and uh, she never shows up, and they end up leaving the bar. Um, and then, for some reason, uh, I mean, it seems like for, for no reason other than they're just dickhead teenagers, they decide they're going to race the um the the uh the bridge there's a name drawbridge drawbridge thank you god damn (laughs) taylor has to do that for me pretty much every episode (laughs) um yeah so they're trying to race the drawbridge as it's coming up you know there's what five cars and they all make them over except for the last car that Ginny happens to be in um they just barely clear it um, and the guy fucks up his cherry. It's a it's a, a Corvette. It's a vet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Just fucks up the front of it, and he's like, "We made it. We made it." It's like, <laughs> what? I would be losing my shit yeah. right now. He does a groovy spin around to look at the opening <laughs> drawbridge, and the front end's all back intact again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, meanwhile, like when he lands, you see like not only the front end crunch, but you see like pieces just go it's everywhere. Like cross front everywhere. Um, and Ginny starts losing her mind. You don't know why. You just kind of have to assume it's because uh, she just flew through the air and almost died. It seemed like every character in this movie was working to a different script. 
Kind of seemed that way, yeah. yeah. It's a, none of them, none of them interpreted the same, the script the same way. <laughs> it, you know, when you get like, uh, I don't know, calling them an ensemble cast is, is a bit of a stretch, but, um, you know, you expect when you have a bunch of people all working together, you can kind of um, relate it to like maybe like Scream, where there's you know a bunch mm-hmm. of you know young twenty somethings you know in real life. Um, all acting together in kind of a whodunit uh, mm-hmm. scenario, kind of a similar thing. Those people all worked well together. You believed them as <laughs> you know being friends or you know friends or enemies. These people, they didn't mesh. <laughs> well, as I was watching this, it's like I, I, again, you know, thirty years ago, I never picked up on this, but <clears throat> uh, thirty however many years ago it was, but they were playing these. Uh, you know, uh, disenfranchised dickhead, shithead, you know, high schoolers mm-hmm. that were believe that was cast with a bunch of disenfranchised dickhead, you know, shitty 26 year olds. <laughs> I don't think they were method actors, I think they were actually typecast. I got a feeling these are a bunch of just unpleasant people that were. <laughs> Playing these roles, it's like <clears throat> and the it came off that way. The Canadian Brat Pack. Oh, how sad that sounded! That just sent a chill up my spine. When you said that. <laughs> but yeah, this was the yeah, this was the kickoff to a very, very bad, bad, bad period in horror movies. <laughs> the, the Canadian horror movie. Well, you know, the sh- we as the show, we have a lot of Canadian horror filmmakers. I hear that. I have nothing, but nothing but admiration and love for the Canadians. But you make shitty movies. <laughs> Uh, just let you know that my dad does not speak for the Great Plot Podcast. <laughs> Damon's here to not express the <laughs> um, anyway. No, they went there because it was cheap. Now, now come on, Vancouver. You know, come on, Saskatchewan. <clears throat> you guys accepted them, Hollywood, because you knew they were doing it on the cheap. <laughs> You allowed that to happen. Yeah, I was surprised as hell this is Columbia. This is Columbia Pictures. Yeah. That shocked the hell out of me. But if you looked at how fuzzy and grainy that Columbia, uh, 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 what do you call it, the banner, not the- but The, the title card. The fanfare, you yeah, know, yeah. thing was, it sure looked like somebody spliced that on. <laughs> like they, like they like rec- took a camcorder, recorded it off a TV, yeah. and then put it into theirs. Like, it's like some Canadian company called Columbia Films or something. <laughs> <laughs> or British Columbia picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got a toque on. <laughs> Holding up the candle. Um, no, let's just call it what it is. I mean, they, were, they took these movies that they couldn't possibly have made for a budget they were given, and they did this for 10, 12 years. Yeah. So up, up, up I-5, or <laughs> let's go hit 99 in, uh, in Canada. We can do it up there. We can make a movie for, you know, 10 grand up there. Well, you know, I think probably what beat this one out as far as like being real, like a real kickoff was um, uh, Black Christmas, a Canadian movie made around the same era, maybe a few years before. Um, Canadians. Right. Did I already say that? Yeah. Cause uh, that's that. Well, yeah. Most of these people that are cast are, and to this day when they make movies up there, they're all the sci-fi movies are all Canadian. Well, actors. yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, Black Christmas, some of the original with, with Kier Yeah. Yeah. See, that one, 
didn't, there was no pretense that came with it. It wasn't trying to be something else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, uh, that could have taken place anywhere. Sure. This is something, like you said, this reminds me of those things you see where the Russians are creating American towns so they can train their spies. <laughs> That's this whole Canadian set. Everyone of them reminded me of. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, God, there's a lot of story here. We got to get through it. Well, All right. it's, it's not a good story, mind you, but there's a lot of it. Um, yeah, so. Ginny, um, basically, I don't, I'm going to try and sum this up. I don't want to talk through the entire film. Um, so basically, Ginny's friends, the top 10, these elite group of assholes, um, they slow, they're slowly getting picked off by some, some killer. Don't know who it is. Um, and, but I, I feel like very soon into the f- movie, you know who it is. Yeah, and there there is a twist that I didn't see coming. Like at the very end, wasn't a good twist. No, but because I didn't it see was it completely preposterous, no believable yeah. twist. <laughs> it's like where did this come from? <laughs> it's like no, no, we're not done yet. Wait, wait. <laughs> but we'll get there. Um, you're you're constantly led to believe that Ginny is the killer because she. Um, you find out that the reason that she lost her fucking shit when they went over that drawbridge was because her mom in a drunken state of mind, uh, drove them. Or, let's see. So Ginny had a birthday party and invited all the rich kids from the top 10. Um, this was what, several, several years ago. I don't remember exactly how long, but um, none of them come. And her drunken whore mom uh, drive. <laughs> they find out they didn't come because another girl is having a party. So they, her friend Anne, who she's now like best friends with, yeah. um, they, dr- <laughs> her mom <laughs> gets shitty and drives them to their house, and she starts screaming at the gate. She's like, "I'm part of the, they're, they're, I'm part of the in crowd now too." Or you know, it's like, "I have money now too," because she <laughs> apparently has this reputation in town of just being a total whore, <laughs> just banging every guy that has a wallet, you know. Um, and so the groundskeeper comes out and says, you're not welcome here because you're a skank. Because <laughs> you're a skank. <laughs> Just t- take, take, your, take yourself and your little skis daughter over there <laughs> and get the fuck out. <laughs> uh, and she, she's like just losing her mind, just being completely insane in the pouring rain at this, at this wrought iron gate. It's like, you can't keep me out. You hear me? <laughs> It's like, Jesus Christ, lady. <laughs> Have some fucking self-respect. <coughs> so she, yeah, drives off and um, they go over the drawbridge as it's going up, even though Ginny's telling her to stop. She just <laughs> like, and then they get to the top and the bridge opens too much and the car won't go anywhere. And this is when her mom realizes <laughs> something's gone terribly wrong. <laughs> Not when her daughter's been screaming at her. <laughs> um, and then the car eventually falls into the river or whatever it is. Um, and her mom ultimately drowns mm-hmm. while she actually gets out of the car. She, I guess she kind of, her mom sort of sacrificed herself, I guess. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. Um, it's got to be material. Though. Yeah. But did, did I miss something? Because somewhere in that, Ginny suffered some kind of traumatic brain injury. 
what what happened? I didn't because I re- I remember her swimming to shore. I mean, yeah, I don't remember a brain injury, just psychological damage from <laughs> messed up her mother. Yeah, but she has to go undergo this treatment, this experimental treatment using. Uh, <laughs> apparently, there's some kind of electromagnetic field around a lizard's tail when it regrows. And so they're creating this big electromagnetic field around her head to regrow brain cells. And so this is, like I said, several years ago. And it just so happens that the like the week before her 18th birthday, like it's some kind of rite of passage, she starts remembering all this shit because her like her memories of them are just gone. Um, I was waiting for the lizard head, the lizard tail to grow out of her head. <laughs> Or was, for her to turn into yeah, a lizard or that something. Really been, then the movie would have got interesting. <laughs> um, so she's remembering all these traumatic uh, things, you know, the accident, the argument with her mother, um, and and her tr- her treatment itself. Um, but yeah, like as far as I could tell, and maybe I spaced out, I don't know, there's like no explanation of why she had this brain damage. I just... With with what attention I could keep on this movie, I just assumed it was just yeah. psychological. And I mean, it became really difficult. Hitting the water or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like, stopped caring after the opening credits. There was so much that, like, it's a two hour movie. So eventually you just don't give a shit anymore. Pretty much, yeah. You just start more wishing that she pretty much, you know, bit the big one with her mother in the car. <laughs> Brought this painful experience to closure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but you're. They, they try to be coy about it. They try to set, throw you a couple red herrings. But you pretty much know that Ginny's the killer. Mm-hmm. Like, right right off the bat. <laughs> as soon as you find out that she's been having blackouts that she can't explain, mm-hmm. it's like you know that she's a killer. And her, and her psychiatrist using, you know, classic uh, uh, accusatory statements like, oh, my God. <laughs> and you're saying shrink thing, oh, my God. You know, she's pretty much a killer. Well, and the thing that got me is this guy who's supposed to evaluate her mental condition. Uh, it was so quick to say, oh, it's probably nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, isn't this your job? <laughs> it's like, it's like oh, you're having, you're having dreams about, uh, you know, these terrible things happen to you and then your friend dies. It's probably nothing. Here, put a steak on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's completely unrelated. Yeah. Um, yeah, so these kids they keep getting t- killed off, and like I said, they throw you a couple red herrings. You keep think like they'll tell you that they, they make you think that uh, what was his name? Greg is that his name? Craig. I had all, had all generic uh, Archie <laughs> comics names. <laughs> yeah. uh, was it Harold? I don't know. Fuck, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. It, oh, great! It is Greg. Um, and then uh, Alfred, I think that was the other guy. Alfred was the taxidermist weird guy. Yeah, yeah. Who? They found him working yeah. on Bernadette's head, head. And, and there's no problem with yeah, it. Yeah, and nobody pursued that. That was the thing. It's like, okay, somehow this has to come 180 back around. It's like, nope, you're just going to let him knock it out with her head there. And yeah. They, 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 like, they think that maybe he killed Bernadette, and like they're leading you to believe that he did. And they find Bernadette's head on a platter in his apartment or his mm-hmm. research room or whatever it was. And the, like, so Ginny and, is it Ginny and, um, and Anne that are together? Mm-hmm. They find the head and they're like, Oh my God. And then he 
pops his head out. He's like, what are you doing here? Um, and then they find out that he's, yeah, taxiderming her head. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well, as long as you didn't kill her. Yeah, so that's some, <laughs> clearly a sign of affection. We'll let him carry on. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah, no cops. I want to talk yeah. about this some more. That's thing. There was never a cop in this. Right. Well, there's nope. a, the detective, but he seemed like completely fucking inept. Yeah, he's just clueless, <laughs> but he just basically, all right, well, as long as no one else gets killed. Right. <laughs> and then he managed <laughs> to show up right in the nick of time after everybody's already dead. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> that's his uh that's his his legacy there yeah, his, his, his catch, catchphrase <laughs> what have you done? that's what he's getting put in the hall of fame for that that one line <laughs> so and here's the other thing too is when the true killer is revealed at the end oh true killer is revealed at the end i didn't have the energy to go back and look at the beginning again but i swear to god she was at the table in the in the beer garden with him yeah it's like so Okay, <laughs> she was there, yet she was in that garage, however many what, blocks or miles away. Right? It's like, it just, the, the, the things about continuity just didn't seem to enter into uh, these Canucks' mind when they put this movie together. Yeah, I mean, you could have like a suspension of dis- disbelief and say, oh, well, maybe this happened an hour ago, and since then she's gotten there. But it's like, that's way more thinking that you wanna, yeah. than you want to do about, or for this fucking movie. Um. Yeah, so like I said, everybody's just getting picked off one by one, um, and uh, it comes. The movie starts to come to its its climax, and um, you f- find out after every like all of the top ten is dead except for Ginny, and then Ginny kills her dad, who's finally discovered that his daughter's a psycho because he's kind mm-hmm. of an absentee father. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who apparently, like, all the signs of being uh, mentally deranged <laughs> went, went undiscovered, <laughs> unnoticed. Um, and so he, f- he finally sees, like, she's dug, or she's kept all these dead bodies of all the popular mm-hmm. kids, uh, set them around the table, and then she brings in a birthday cake, singing happy birthday to herself, and then kills her dad, and then you find out that the real Ginny is now dressed in Anne's clothes, and Anne has disguised herself with a like a Mission Impossible yeah. caliber mask mm-hmm. of, of Ginny, um, and he's been living—well, not living, but impersonating Ginny for weeks. Yeah. And amazingly, the girl Anne <clears throat> has a severe underbite and a. Huge set of front teeth, giant teeth in the front overbite had not even, I mean, the fact that they're human females about all their faces had in common, yet this rubber mask fit wonderfully, perfectly well. (laughs) And she looked just like Melissa Sue Anderson. Yeah. And she just (laughs) peels it off like it's fucking silly putty or something. (laughs) I mean, again, I'd I'd seen this movie 35 years ago Uh and wrote it off then. But even when I'm sitting there, I'm going, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, they tell you, like, this comes to this point where it's like, okay, Ginny is the killer, even though we've seen her kill two people now. They act like it's this big reveal. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But then the twist is that Anne's the killer. She's been disguising herself as Ginny 
because she's Ginny's half sister <laughs> because her mom slept with her dad mm-hmm. or something or something yeah fucking no <laughs> it's like why why is why is Anne's dad raising Ginny's mom's daughter for the same reason nobody was alarmed oh wait it. no sorry sorry it was Ginny's mom was banging Anne's dad, and that's why Anne's mom left. That's what it was. Okay. So that goes into that same category, why no one seemed to raise too much concern over Bernadette's head in a fucking cookie sheet right. in the crazy guy's lab. Um, but So here, here's an example of what went very, very wrong after Michael and Jason did their thing for their first one or two movies is – these fledgling directors got greenlighted by these studios that you'd never heard of. How places like, you know, or studios like Columbia would distribute these is just fast buck bullshit. Mm-hmm. But what they did is said, okay, here is – how much time do I have? 93 minutes? Okay. Here's – okay, we won't make it 11. We'll make it 10 murders <laughs> that in this gruesome fashion – and that's what they do. They sit around and they write it up these gruesome murders that just hadn't been done in the movie yet. Mm-hmm. And then they take these fucking tissue paper script and string them together. Yeah. So, and there was, oh my God, there must have been 50 of these movies that came out over the course of, of you know, less than five, mm-hmm. six, seven years. <clears throat> there were just the strings of these morbid, gruesome killings with virtually no script support to tie them together. Yeah. And that's what passed for uh, slasher movies, mm-hmm. you know, back then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, saw plenty of them. Yeah. There were they're a dime a dozen. I mean- <laughs> And every fucking one of them was made up north of the border. <laughs> every fucking one of them. Because it's just, I mean, they're cheap. These guys are working on $50,000 budgets, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, it's supposed to be this twist that Ginny's a killer, and then it's the extra twist that Anne's the killer, somehow. And then Ginny kills Anne, and that's when this, this fucking Jacques Clouseau shows up. <laughs> and it's like, my God, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> and then Ginny starts singing happy birthday to herself yeah. and then it fades to black. Yeah. So her mind is snapped again. So. Yeah. So, so um, not a memorable piece of cinema. No. Some of the killings were interesting, although they didn't even have the real, the special effects support. The yeah. uh, scarf in the, in the motorcycle wheel. Yeah. That one wasn't bad. I think they probably shot their wad on that end scene where all, they're all dead. Around the table, sitting around yeah. the table, yeah. all that makeup. That's true. Um, I mean, there were like little spurts of blood on walls and stuff. That was, I mean, a couple slit throats, but like the slit throats weren't gruesome. Mm-mm. It's like they had like, you know, they basically did like uh, probably an appliance yeah. on their necks, but it wasn't like bleeding or anything. It was just mm-hmm. there. So <clears throat> yeah, it's like like back to Bernadette. You know that <clears throat> throat slash is like okay, she's pretty much toast now, mm-hmm. um, but. If she's going to be decapitated, finish the job. <laughs> Let's give us a good look. Yeah. Yeah. That's, they did something that I fucking despise is they did like a, the cutaway, like the, yeah. the real quick cut. It's like, so we, like they, the killer would slash the throat and then it would skip the, go to the next scene. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. So this movie, yeah, it had, had, you know, uh, some, eh, scale of one to 10, maybe about a six. Worth of creative slasher killings. Um, 
a script that no one even bothered to think about, apparently. Um, <clears throat> overacting that was... Uh, uh, sorry, I keep doing that. Overacting that was just uh, off the charts. Um, and um, <clears throat> C, C-rated stars. I mean, this movie had it all. <laughs> Fun for everyone. Yeah. So it was just generally an awful movie. But... I, I, it wasn't a trendsetter. It wasn't the first. Yeah, in this rash of uh, of, of you know, Canadian uh, pap, but it was uh, um, one of the early ones in a long string that just kept coming in the eighties. Yeah, it just kept coming. It's crazy. You know, it's it's like uh, you know, just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Essentially, you know? yeah. You just keep cranking these things out for pennies. And then, you know, one of them is bound to get some success. <laughs> well, people are, I mean, and this was not, you know, two college guys sitting in a, in a dorm room coming up with some great idea and saying, yeah. oh, okay, this is, uh, this, is, <clears throat> this is a crazy way, you know, let's, let's do time travel and, you know, people getting all <laughs> mutilated in the time machine. Was anything that, anything that thoughtful? Mm-hmm. These are, these are, these are experienced movie makers that just basically said, okay, fuck it, let's just, you know, give me, give me, I want 20 gruesome ways to get murdered. By yeah. by morning, <laughs> and I'll pick I'll pick the ten best, you know, kind of thing. It's like, yeah, garbage. Yeah, I mean, but like, it's like I said, you just th- throw shit at the wall and see what works because that's how most of these slasher movies were made in the eighties, especially the early eighties. Uh, I mean, m- like like Friday the Thirteenth in particular, like especially the original one. Just these really quick, like these real quick shot murders of you know. Eight to ten college kids. Yeah, um, a, a faceless killer. So it had a lot in common, and that was just that was just the uh, the formula, I guess. Um, well, the difference being in in Friday Thirteenth and, and Halloween, which again, those were the ones that were the the the, the new benchmarks. <clears throat> you saw the killer. You saw the the big. You know, hulking, lumbering well, killer. The, I mean, not in the first. No, not in the first Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, that that I give you. But see, that was a that was a true mystery. Yeah, because it just hadn't been done that way. I mean, it, there's all kinds of movies where you don't know who the killer is, and, and um, <clears throat> so they took a, a, a an old you know detective story type mm-hmm. mystery and, and gored it up, uh, and you know had a sleeper hit. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, the, for the purists. That's the first. That's the original, and that's you know that's always going to be the best. Yeah. But then Jason took over the franchise. Yeah. <clears throat> and Jason became the franchise. Yeah. And you always saw him do his deeds. Same with Michael Myers. You know. Um, same with you know Terminator. Um, you, know, you just always saw these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have the uh, the mystery who done it type thing, you got to have a pretty strong story. Yeah. To make that work because it's been done so many times. It actually been done well. Mm-hmm. You got a pretty strong story and, and, and this wasn't it. Yeah. I mean, not, it's not to say it didn't have a story. It just wasn't a good one. <laughs> it took longer for us just to explain the story than I think it took to develop the story. <laughs> yes. And there was too much of it. Like, oh, God. And like, you know, there's a part where Ginny's at the cemetery, which just happened, like where her mother's buried, just happens to be right across the street from their house. Yeah. <laughs> like, how fucking weird is That's that? A- um, That's right. She's at her mother's grave, and Alfred is coming up behind her very quietly, and he reaches into his pocket, 
and it takes like five fucking minutes for him <laughs> to pull out what's in his pocket. And I'm like, that's why this is a two hour movie. <laughs> um, yeah, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. Well, any final thoughts on this? Highly don't recommend this. Yeah, I, I I'll concur. <laughs> For Tony, it's his job. For me, I was helping him out. You guys, don't waste time. <laughs> well, what do you what do you rate it? One to ten. About a two. Two. <laughs> um, I feel like if I were to rate it that low, I'd have to rate everything that's similar. Like I'd have to, based on that tent pole, I'd have to not not tent pole. Um, Mar- based on that marker, I'd have to like scale back other movies that are similar, like Friday the 13th. I feel like I'd, because if I were to rate it a two, I'd have to take Friday the 13th, which I'd probably give like a seven or an eight. I'd probably have to like knock it back to like a five. <laughs> um, um, if Friday the 13th never had any follow on, I would have doing this exact same thing. I would have said as an example, <clears throat> I'd probably given that a six or a seven, primarily because. It was genuinely scary. Yeah. It was a scary fucking movie, Mm -hmm. you know? And it had an ending, you know, that you didn't really see coming. Yeah. So it was, uh, and you think, wow, they actually put a pretty good, pretty scary little movie together here on no money. Mm -hmm. Um, And with no no actors to speak of. Um, So for those reasons, I would have rated that higher. This one, there's no excuse. (laughs) There's just no no excuse for this one. Um, Anyway, so yeah. uh, Fuck. I don't know, I, I'll give it a three. I can't justify giving it any higher than that. <laughs> I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to agree with you if you did. All right, so moving on, come to our second movie, which is a 2006 movie by Casey Tebow, um, <laughs> and that one's called Happy Birthday. Wow. Tijuana? I am not taking you to Tijuana. I am taking you to the real Mexico. Have you actually been to Mexicali before? I mean, what's the danger level we're looking at here? Oh, oh. Is it number one on the top ten most dangerous cities in Mexico? Oh, no. <laughs> Stop worrying. I've taken care of everything. You guys want to have some fun? <laughs> Only weird if you make it weird. I hate chicken. Okay, cheesy! <laughs> Tonight's my birthday. Oh. Wanna party at our hotel? Where's Tommy? Ah! Why are you guys doing this? The more we do this, the faster your dad will cough up the money. Stop! 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 I'm really sorry about all of this. The money isn't here in 48 hours. He's coming here to kill you. I believe anything worth doing is worth overdoing. 
happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought, like, right off the bat when I first thought of doing this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so happy birthday. It is, like I said, 2016 movie directed by Casey Tebow. Um, now, I think he might be, this might be his first directing gig. Is that a he? Hmm? Is that a he? Casey? Yeah. Yes. Does it spell weird, like C-A-S-I or something like that? No. No? Normal Casey. Oh, what am I thinking of? Um, no, sorry. He he is a director, but um, he's a director of music videos. Care to fair, fetch a guess uh, what band he directs videos for? Uh, I know there's a joke there, and I'm not getting it, so no. Oh, well, it's based on who stars in the movie. <laughs> All right, we'll get there. Yeah, okay. So I'm trying to, who, who's musically inclined and stars in the movie? I'm just not getting there. <laughs> I mean, his role is kind of forgettable. Um, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. All right, now I get Where, it. Whereas that, that the, where happy birthday to me is like over 30 years old. Okay, spoiling it. Because this one just came out last year. This is going to be a spoiler-free well, I mean, we'll talk to a certain extent, but we're not going to give away the ending or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but, you know, we got to be fair. Especially the little, you know, the smaller films. Like, we got to we, we gotta give the indie guys some, some room to breathe. That's fine. You might have them on your show one day. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so movie uh, starts in L.A., I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Brady. It starts out like the movie Old School, basically, <laughs> um, where... This character, Brady, he comes home, surprises his girlfriend, coming home from some work trip. He doesn't really ever get specific about what he does, but he's he's involved in the film industry. Yeah, he works for a producer. He's a lackey for a producer, yeah, I thought. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't go into detail about what he does specifically, but he comes back from some work trip. He says, you know, I took the red eye, you know, so I get home early um, and uh, just wanted to surprise you. And she's in bed, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to see you. And it's like, you know, <laughs> like right away, you're, you're kind of like. You don't look excited. Yeah, it's like something's going on here. Um, and it's like, all right, you know. <laughs> he's basically like, all right, well, we're going to fuck, but first time, first I'm going to take a piss. <laughs> so he goes in the bathroom. He bath- says it like that, too. He's yeah. a little romantic. Uh, so he goes in the bathroom, and um, he flips up the lid. Or the seat, and while he's taking a piss, he finds a note taped to the underside of the, of the seat, and it says, "Sorry, bro. She told me the morning after that she had her boyfriend. I know that I would want to know. Like, By the way, you're out of beer." <laughs> <laughs> so he walks back into the bedroom uh, with this note and just like, "What the fuck?" And so then it jumps to him uh, having breakfast or whatever with his buddy Tommy. Tommy seems like just the typical Hollywood scumbag wannabe. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the same time, I mean, he's that along with that just generic kind of douchebag friend that's like, you know, party all day and all night. <laughs> it's like, let's go out and fucking find some chicks, man. <laughs> you know, that kind of guy. Um, so he's, you know, just kind of commiserating with Tommy. Tommy's being... Not especially supportive, but 
you know, say, oh, you know, fuck her, you know, that that typical best friend thing. You know, it's like fuck her, you don't need her. You know, it's 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 your birthday coming up. Let's go fucking do something awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, let's. I'm gonna take you down to Mexico. And he's like, Tijuana, come on, man. It's like that's that's college, that's bullshit college kids stuff. He's like, no, not Tijuana. I'm taking you down to real Mexico. Uh, you know, to Mexicali. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I'm gonna show you how you know how Mexico really is and this kind of shit. It's like. <laughs> All right, white kid, <laughs> show me how Mexico lives. <laughs> um, so they they burn off into the desert and you know going to the bumfuck nowhere in the middle of Mexico, <clears throat> and um, they're just kind of taking in the sights, you know, bar hopping and you know hitting up questionable food carts, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they. Uh, they're, they're, they're starting. They want to look for some some fun, you know, yeah. some, something cool to do. And I forget how they got hooked up with him, but they hook up with a guy named the the Texican, mm-hmm. <laughs> played by an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what's that game, guy's name? Something Paladino, Eric Paladino, right from SVU, right? <clears throat> I don't think he's. I don't. He's never been on a TV show. He just does those kind of roles in uh, movies. I really, guess. I kind of yeah. sworn he was on SVU. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, that's. But the friend, while Tony's looking that up, the friend uh, Tommy's trying to get uh, Brady laid. Um, yes, in a vindictive. Uh, Vindictive uh, uh, retaliation on his girlfriend that cheated on him, and um, <clears throat> so they they do meet a couple of girls that are very cute. They're dressed like stewardesses, and they're yeah. trying to help them with their language barrier down there. Um, which right there, you say fuck this and go back to Tijuana. <laughs> but um, you know, sorry, not not to cut you off. But the funny thing is, this is supposed to be like the real Mexico. There are more people that speak English in this town than in like Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. And I mean, you may have a lot of listeners that see it otherwise, but, um, and maybe it's changed, but Tijuana is a place. Yeah. It's college. It's frat house stuff. But yeah. when you're just going down there just to, 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 to burn off for, for, you know, revenge fuck or get some dope or whatever. Yeah. You go down to Tijuana in Sonata, you know, you go to those places because you're in, you're out, you come home. Mm-hmm. You don't go down just two guys to Mexicali. You don't go down. You gotta to the, bring a crew. You, yeah, you gotta bring a crew. You don't go down to the interior of Mexico. Yeah, um, because you pretty much get eaten alive. Yeah, down there, that are you are a target. If not for just getting rolled, mugged, murdered, kidnapped, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> so right out of the gate, these guys are showing up. Hey, we're gonna go down and kick ass in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when one of us is a fucking loudmouth. It's like right there. It's like okay, <laughs> this movie had any credibility. It's losing it now. But, um, but yeah, that just, I just, that was right out of the gate. That's a very early observation. It's like, okay, that's not ever happening. Right. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. But so anyway, from these two girls, um, they, you know, get a, I think they end up getting a phone number for one of them. She plugs it into his phone. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so they're all walking off kind of, kind of pumped up that they met somebody and then they bump into this Texican guy. Yeah. So you can continue from there. Okay. Yeah. So they meet up with the Texican, um, and his big, um, thug. This guy's fucking huge. 
Is it his cousin, right? Says it's Something like that, yeah. Uh, uh, Caballero. Caballero, yeah, cowboy. Caballero. <laughs> Caballero. No, it's, 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 it's Caballo, which I actually I meant to look up, but I don't, I don't know what that means. C-A-B-L-O. I thought it was called him Caballero. Also. No, it's Caballo. Caballo? Oh, okay. Yeah. I just kept thinking like Cabong. Cabong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's Cabong. Um, anyway, so uh, he's like, yeah, I mean, I can hook you guys up with some fun. You want to go see a cockfight? <laughs> <laughs> so he takes him to a cockfight, uh, which seems to be headed up by none other than Mr. Steven Tyler. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's Steven Tyler. Um, and now that answers the question about who Casey Tebow would direct music videos for. <laughs> um, anyway, so the, the Texican tells him that this guy, he's an Aztec shaman, <laughs> some fucking white guy from Boston yeah. <laughs> is an Aztec shaman. Who's going to show you like a good time? Yeah. Um, so I mean, you all I kept thinking of was that episode of Two and a Half Men where he's Charlie's neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tyler, <laughs> tone it down. <laughs> a lot of people pay good money to see me do this, man. <laughs> um. So yeah, so they they take they go back to uh, God, what was his name? Um, uh, Who Tyler's name? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't even pronounce it when I saw it spelled out. Casape Suka. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they go back to his like what this trailer, his RV, whatever yeah. it is. Um, and he's got all these different concoctions of different like, I mean, it's got like fucking peyote, but it's also mixed with like pharmaceuticals. So he's got like th- these natural hallucinogens mixed with these pharmaceutical pills you know different like uppers and downers and shit basically different mixtures like he's got them laid out like he like a, like a like a mexican restaurant you know different meat uh, uh combos of the day um and he's like you know going through and telling him like this one does this you know this one's got a little bit of this so you know it gives you this kind of effect and blah 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 and so they they both take one um, and then that just sets them off on this fucked up night where the, <laughs> like they're wandering through bars. They end up in this strip club, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like things just get progressively weirder because these drugs are really starting to take hold. Um, and like, I remember like Brady, he's, he's trying to keep it together. Like he's really fighting the high, mm-hmm. which, you know, I've, never done it myself but like i've always heard it's like don't fight it otherwise you're gonna have a bad trip Mm -hmm. um and uh but he's like he's trying so hard to just stay straight and then he bumps into caballo who's taking a (laughs) shit on the floor floor. in the middle of the strip club (laughs) um and what's he say he just explains it off like it's the most normal thing in the world i forget what the hell he says he's like i'm poopy (laughs) (laughs) but he says he says uh but the way he says something, it's like the word he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> you, I don't know, whatever. It, was just, I, I, it, I, was just, it made me laugh because it's like, okay, I'll just leave him alone. Let him take a shit there on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like I, Brady like bumps into him. He says, are you, are you, are you pooping? <laughs> are you puking? Oh, that's right. I'm puping. And it, yeah, and he says, I'm puping. <laughs> like he, he throws up. 
like kind of like in, you know in front, but then all, like kind of also on himself a little bit. <laughs> and then he's like just taking a shit on the floor. And he's like, I'm pubic. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, shit starts going like sideways. Like people are getting shot yeah. and stabbed <laughs> and throat slit. Something has gone terribly wrong. And so uh, Brady and Tommy just kind of bail out the back door and just so happens that these two uh, flight attendants, I, what the fuck are their names? doesn't matter. Um, they just happen to be standing right there. They're like, oh, you guys look like you've had a rough night. You want to come back to our hotel room? <laughs> so <clears throat> that's when, uh, yeah, they, they go back to this shitty motel and... You know, um, God, I need to look up their names. Son of a bitch. Uh, let's see. So there's I'm looking for the name of the motel. Katie and Lucia. Right, that's their names. Katie and something. Lucia. Lucia. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Katie is already got her tongue down Tommy's throat. Um, and they're ready. They fall on one bed, and then uh, Lucia and Brady go to the other one. And they're starting to just like do this back and forth games, and then, um, then like uh, Katie knocks Tommy out, and then Brady, like Katie, or then Lucia knocks him out, Brady out, and he wakes up. And they're tied to the bed, um, and they find out they're being held for ransom. And like I have to I should probably should have said this right off the bat. This was not as much of a horror as I was thinking it was going to be. Wasn't wasn't a, even a little bit of horror. Yeah. I mean you know, when I saw that this was going to be like a like a um kidnapping type thing, you know, probably some torture involved, I really expected something a little more grim and it just wasn't the case. Like Steve Tyler in the credits didn't throw you off? Well, you know, I figured I'd give it the benefit of the doubt. But again, the birthday theme was not uh, very fruitful. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so rather than go with the other one from 1981 that looked like – it's funny. That one looked like total fucking garbage, and happy birthday to me looked like it was tolerable. Um, so maybe I was absolutely fucking wrong. Um but uh, so I picked this one because it was, you know, I figured I'd pick an old one, pick a new one. No. Anyway. But so, yeah, this one was not very horror at all. It's unfortunate. Um, so, yeah, Brady wakes up. They're both tied to the bed. Um, Katie and Lucia have taken her, taken them hostage. Um, and they're working for a guy that they'd heard a story about the night before. Was it El Gato Enfermo? Yeah. Sick cat. Which is just some guy who eats pubes. I mean. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they spend most of the movie tied to this bed, or tied to these beds. Uh, and, like, I'd say probably a good, I don't know, 60%, would you say, of the, of the movie takes place. Brady in, does, yeah. <clears throat> inside this hotel room, or motel room. Um, and so it's just this thing where Brady's just, he's trying to get away and, uh, pretty early on, actually earlier in the film, Tommy, when they're picking out the drugs from, uh, Steven Tyler 
says, don't give me any um, stimulants. Is that what it is? Because I'm allergic to them. Yeah, something like that. Um, and, or no, I don't know. Some kind of drug. <laughs> um, and they're f- they start feeding him pills while he's tied to the bed. And he says, I'm allergic to most, like, either stimulants or depressants. I can't remember. Um, sedatives. I think that's what it was. Allergic to most sedatives. Um, he's like, I'm allergic to most sedatives. And he starts puking. He starts turning white. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Brady gets knocked out again. Like they inject him with something yeah, and knocks him out. Him something. Uh, and he wakes up and Tommy is just still strapped to the bed. Doesn't look like he's breathing. He, I mean, he, he looks dead. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's, he's very pale, not moving, not responding. Uh, and that's when um, Katie and Lucia, they drag him out and do, like, you can't see outside the window. So he, he, Brady has no idea what's going on. And so it's basically just, the, it's these really subtle attempts at torture against Brady. Um, but holding him against his will. And, you know. Well, they're supposed to be holding him for hostage. Yeah. Because Elgato <clears throat> believes he has a rich father. Right. Who's going to pay a ransom. And <clears throat> he's trying to convince them that he's an orphan. He doesn't have a rich father. He doesn't even know his father. Which is true. It's he, true, yeah. He actually, well, yeah. That was something that was kind of briefly touched on at the beginning of the movie. Brady, he, he's an orphan. He just recently found his um, his real father, who doesn't seem to want anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, yeah, he's an orphan. But it is Tommy whose family is well-to-do. Yeah, they're trying to <clears throat> Brady's trying to convince him they killed the wrong guy. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they start freaking out um, because they're worried about what Elgato's going to do to them for fucking up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so things just start to go really sideways. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how much to talk about before it starts getting into kind of spoiler territory. Um, at one point, you, like you finally see Elgato like close to the end of the movie. And it's this guy, <laughs> this fucking guy in this white suit, this big ridiculous hat, and this clearly fake like Pancho Villa mustache. <laughs> fucking Frito Bandito. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like this is the most non-threatening guy mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Um, Except for the 45 automatic he's pointing at him. Right, yeah. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. I think that's probably about all I can talk about. So, so, yeah, bottom line is this guy has no idea why he's being held except for this this drug cartel uh, leader in Mexico. Oh, in Mexico is uh, holding him just because he's a random white guy they happen to find uh, for ransom. And the ransom can't be paid because he doesn't have a rich family, which is going to make this Elgato even more furious and angry so not only is they gonna is Elgato gonna show up to kill him but kill these two girls that like Tony said fucked up yeah and actually he, he tells the girls at one point this is my boss call him he's, yeah. a, he's a very well-known producer in Hollywood he'll pay like assuming that he'll pay yeah. the ransom or something and uh, Elgato says yeah I called your boss he told me to go fuck myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
yeah, at that point, there's probably not too much more you can share if anybody wants to watch the movie because yeah. it uh, it's actually not a bad movie. No, it it's really a horror movie. it's not horror. It's a it's a it's a fairly quick uh, mystery mm-hmm. that has a couple of twists at the end. Yeah, except like I gotta say, there are multiple twists. Mm-hmm. The the first one I saw it coming. Like I knew it was happening at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. What I didn't see coming was the twist after that mm-hmm. and the twist after that. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I was surprised. Like, I, I, I genuinely was not seeing any of that coming. Or I did not see any of that coming. So, yeah. So it's a pretty satisfying ending for what's about a 90 or 100 minute movie. Yeah. So. Um, it's, uh, I mean, the acting's good. The, except for Steven Tyler. Except for Steven Tyler. <laughs> Luckily, he's not in a lot of it. <laughs> Um, and his character is a fucking, just a fucking weirdo. I mean, his character is basically Steven Tyler. Yeah. Steve, yeah. Steven Tyler's a fucking weirdo, but now he's uh, a Mexican weirdo. <laughs> um, the Boston accent. <laughs> um, it's like, and they speak Spanish a few times or just not, not even like speaking Spanish. It's like dropping Spanish words. Yeah. He's saying Spanish words. That's not different than speaking Spanish. Yeah. It's like <laughs> reminding me of my blue heaven. It's like, are you trying to say capiche? Well, stop saying it because it's hurting me for you to listen to <laughs> yeah. say it. Um, yeah. So, um, all in, yeah, all in all, not a bad movie. Like, no. like, like you said, not a horror, um, which I don't know. Maybe I should have known better, I guess, but I figured I'd give it a shot. Your heart was in the right place with your theme. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was really hoping there would be a little more um, gore. You know, some you know it. It looked like it had potential to have a lot of like torture scenes and stuff, and it didn't. Yeah. Um. So that was that was disappointing. But all in all, yeah, like you said, not a bad movie. Um. And uh, I don't know. I might, I, I might watch it again at some point. I'm not in any rush to do so, but it is. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, it is free on there. Mm-hmm. Um. And actually, Happy Birthday to Me is available on Shudder if you have Shudder. So, not that I would recommend watching yeah, that. Yeah, that's not a good way to use Shudder. Anyway, um, so anything uh, in closing about this one? Um, no, it was, um, you know, had a nice beat. You could dance to it. Um, I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, it was when I realized it wasn't going to be a horror movie. Yeah. Okay, I just recalibrated for a more of a mystery. Yeah, exactly. And it <clears throat> had to kind of, again, I can't get it past the Steven Tyler in there. You think it's got to be tongue in cheek all through there. It wasn't as much as I thought there'd be it a little bit. But, mm-hmm. um, and, um, he's more there like a novelty, I guess. I think a novelty. Yeah. And, and probably is, is, uh, horsepower to get funding for this director to yeah. make the movie, I would guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like I said, I would, I'd, yeah, I'd say go ahead and watch it. It's like I said, it's a quick watch. It's nothing. It takes in a whole, whole yeah. afternoon to watch or all evening to watch. Yeah, it doesn't even. I don't think it requires like all of your attention to no. to, to really gra- grasp it. So. I would, I'd I'd assume, I'd venture to guess the guy. This uh, name Cali Cali West Cali Casey Casey West Casey Tebow. Where'd I get Cali West? From? I don't know. You're way off. <laughs> Jesus, Casey Tebow. Um, is that Tim Tebow's family? No, anyway, Casey Tebow. I imagine you'll you'll he'll he'll be around again. Oh, I'm sure. And then uh, I would say this is enough. Uh, this was good enough to go see whatever he does next and see where it goes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. 
here for episode 87, guys. Um, and uh, so I, I got to throw something out there. This is something that on, uh, on one of those good uh, conservative Fox News okay. radio shows that uh, they were doing. They had crazy questions <clears throat> from the audience, from the crowd, uh, viewers and listeners. And one, um, they had two, two that were kind of in, intriguing. One was very tough to answer. And the, tough, the one that was tough to answer was um, <clears throat> what uh, – um, uh, the, the author they picked, I can't remember the author they picked, but I'll, so I'll say Stephen King just because it's someone we're both familiar with. What Stephen King character uh, would you most want to be? Tough call. That's very tough, yeah. I've been thinking about that for days, and I, I can't quite. Hmm. I mean, I think my my initial uh I think my, my initial inclination is to say Danny Torrance. But if you read Dr. Sleep... It doesn't have to be a hero, just a Stephen King character. No, no, I, I get that. I'm, you know, he's got The Shining, okay. you know, he's, um, but he's also led a very fucked up life, so... Um, man, I don't know. Yeah, I had a tough time with that one. Um, Did you come up with something? No. No? No, I couldn't come up with one. I... First, I thought of, uh, um, oh, Jesus, I can't believe I'm going brain dead on uh, lead guy in the stand. Um, um, oh, sh- uh, Stu? Stu. But I thought, no, oh, fuck that. I don't want to live in it. That, that, that seemed like a lot of work living in that world. Yeah. <laughs> That's a rough life. No, I don't want to do that. <clears throat> um, so, again, I, every time I started to dwell on it, I, I found something else to occupy my mind. So I never actually was... Settled on one. So I started thinking, okay, other writers I've read, and I hadn't read enough to say I know all their characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read a lot, but I haven't consistently read. I was like. What was like, the original question? What literary character would you want to be? Or what, It was what, um, oh, God, what context was it? It was, uh, no, it was an author. It was um, like Tom Clancy or something like that. Oh, okay. Anyway, but again, it was, it was you know, politically oriented mm-hmm. new shows, uh, radio show I was listening to. The other one, though, I did think about, and I did have a couple of good answers that I, I can't decide. <clears throat> and I'll close on this. is um, Who's your favorite fictional character? Man. I zeroed in on two in, in a matter of seconds. Really? Yep. Man, I mean, just. A, been around a lot longer than you. Yeah, I, 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 just so many across so many different mediums. Like just food for thought for your for everybody's listening too. It's like hmm, because you got to really think about. Especially that first one, you got to really think about that favorite fictional character. I zeroed in on <clears throat> uh, Jack Bauer. Okay, and Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. Yeah, not who I want to be. Just who my favorite fictional character. Yeah, yeah. Because there was no instance where those guys did not. They were just didn't kick ass. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I can't think of anybody that rises to that level besides those two. Yeah. Um, shit. I mean, I, I guess without overthinking it, I'll just kind of like say the first two that come to mind. Um, I think I'd probably say Jason Voorhees and um, Superman. There you go. So, do you get feedback from the? From listeners, as a rule? Uh, every once in a while. Yeah. I'd be curious if anybody throws that back to you, say who they if they thought about it. Sure. Who yeah. they came up with. I'd, I'd, because I've asked a couple of people that since I've heard that. Mm-hmm. And the same thing. You ask that first question, it's like, wow, what, you know, what 
character and, and my favorite author's characters. Wow, I, they just can't come up with those too many. Yeah. Um, but then favorite fictional character just in general. Yeah. Within the, with a few minutes, they can usually come up with one. But I'd be kind of curious what feedback you get on that. I thought they were fascinating questions. For Stephen, for Stephen King character, I might say uh, maybe Jake from uh, Love 2263. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, because uh, time travel's always intrigued me. So mm-hmm. just having that experience, I think it would be cool. Um, I thought Randall Flagg, actually. Guy seems to have a pretty good gig. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you guys have your own responses, uh, go ahead and leave them in the comics uh, comments on our uh, on our show page and uh, let us know. And that'll be evidence that somebody actually listened all the way through the episode. There you go. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it here for us, guys. Um, thanks again for filling in for Taylor. Again. Thanks for having me. I had fun. <laughs> yeah, and uh, happy birthday to you coming Thanks. up here in a few days. Back at you, son. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, and so we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, Taylor will be back then. Um, I forgot to look at what movies we're going to do. Oh, shit. Taylor's always got this shit committed to memory, so I never bother. <laughs> oh, okay. So um looks like Taylor's the only one that's picked this movie. Um <laughs> Which is usually the case. <laughs> I'm really bad at filling out the schedules. Sure, are you? Jesus. I'm, he fucking fills out the entire goddamn year, like months ahead of schedule. It's like I want to see what's coming up. You yeah, know, maybe, maybe there's something new coming out that. Yeah. Um, but then I forget to do it. So. <laughs> but um, let's see. So looks like we're going to be watching it comes at night, and actually. You know, there was a movie we we're going to do in an early episode and ended up not doing it. Uh, we're going to do uh, House on Willow, Willow Street. So look out for those two reviews in a couple weeks on episode 88. In the meantime, you can check us out online at graveplotpodcast.com. Check us out on all the social networks, uh, Facebook and um, Facebook and Instagram, it's Grave Plot Podcast. Uh, on Twitter, it's Grave underscore Plot. Um, and if you also would like to help us out, you can go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to our show. Um, you know, reviews and ratings definitely help us get a little more uh, notice in the podcast community, uh, get us more listeners, and more listeners means more fun stuff for you guys. Uh, if you can donate with some of your money you can go to patreon.com slash podcast again we have uh some pretty cool perks that even uh, just as low as a dollar you know we do we're gonna be doing um uh video drunken cinemas the next time we do them and we you have your monthly uh video reviews um and early access to our episodes so uh go check this out there um and yeah so Again, back in a couple weeks. Till then, I am Skeletoni, and this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. See you later. Thanks, everyone. It's my birthday, and I'll do what I want to. Fuck you. It's my birthday. It's my holiday, only for me, so do what I say. It's the party, make a crime, I want to. Only. Fuck you. It's not your birthday, so do what I say. Okay. For 24 hours, you're wishing me well. Sixty-four days I'm in hell. Oh well. Happy birthday to me. 
It's my birthday, so do what I say.